one. Welcome back into another episode of the Owen Show. I am Owen Burke, joined along, alongside, along by Tim Hunt, per usual. How you doing, Tim? It is per usual now. Yeah. I think the first episode you said per usual and we weren't there yet. I was like, yeah, this is episode one. Maybe not per usual yet. Episode 14, here we are. Yeah. You notice how I didn't say it? because I didn't want to get it wrong. You know, didn't <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm not 100% certain. I think I'm just going <laughs> to exempt the episode numbers. Yeah, from we are, we're on episode 14. We've only missed one week this NFL season. Pretty I'm, pretty solid. I'll take that, honestly. Yeah. Not bad at all, especially when you uh, take into account everything that has happened yeah. this NFL season. And things that are still happening now, obviously, with the NFL. Their schedule doesn't affect ours as much, but obviously we can't talk about every single game that's happening this week because there's still some going on Yeah, at the time of recording. So thank you, COVID, as we get Tuesday Night Football. But we're going to hop straight in to a couple fan questions this week. Got one from us um, from Matt. He said, can Brady still get it done with all the injuries that happened this past week with the Buccaneers? So Chris Godwin is out for the... It was originally announced he sprained his MCL. He was going to be out for the regular season. Might be ready for the playoffs. He's now torn his ACL. He's done for the year. Um, Levante David is now out for the rest of the regular season. Um, Leonard Fournette, most likely done for the regular season. Possibly done for the entire season now mm-hmm. through the playoffs. So definitely got hit. I mean, the Bucks had stayed relatively healthy all year outside of their secondary. Now all of a sudden they've lost. I mean, Mike Evans even went down. Yeah. In that game against the Saints as well, which of course didn't help Brady's woes against that Saints defense. I, so I don't know. The Super Bowl chances are definitely hurting. They're obviously. hurting, but here's the thing. Tom Brady's won Super Bowls with lesser weapons. Antonio Brown's gonna come back. That's gonna help. Yep. He has Gronk still. Um, I think the running game is what's gonna hurt him the most. I honestly. would agree. I think Leonard Fournette's probably been the most productive running back he's ever played next to? Possibly. Um, he's up there in the top five? No. Kevin Falk was like Kevin a, Falk was he had like a 1,600-yard season. I did not know that. Yeah. So that Kev- was early on. Probably. Yeah, that was very early. That was like 04, yeah. somewhere in there. Very early. But Wasn't yeah. a football guy back then. No. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, Fournette's probably been the best running back he's had in recent memory. Yes, yes. Within the last decade, you for take sure. take LeGarrette Blount out, and he's probably the only productive running back he's really LeGarrette had. Blount really wasn't as productive as people thought. He was a touchdown leader at one point. Yeah, and, and he was big. He was a great goal line guy and good in big moments. He had 10 rushing touchdowns, so like, oh, he's good. And, <laughs> he's and, productive. And, like, he literally, I think he fumbled early in that Falcons Super Bowl and never played again. Yeah. Didn't, he took his helmet off because he was like, well, you know, I'm not getting back I'm in not, the game. I'm not touching the ball. I'm not, I'm not getting back in the game. Yeah. So I'm just going to hang out here. Yeah. Um, so as far as Brady, I mean, the guys won Super Bowls with Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, who at one point in time was an undrafted kicker turner coming off Miami's practice squad. So. He's done more with less. Julian Edelman played quarterback at Kent State. Chris Hogan was a lacrosse player at Penn State. Yep. Um, yeah. Wes Welker was an undrafted kick returner who was came off. Yep. I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick literally just signed him because he was like, oh, he was on Miami's practice squad. I guess we'll just piss him well, off. Well, they played Miami. They did dual, uh, They did joint practices, I think, that year with Miami, and he was like, I like this kid. Um, I think that's what happened. Chris Hogan was on Buffalo's practice squad, I believe, mm-hmm. beforehand as well. Yep. So... I think A.B. coming back is huge. He was an animal to start the year. Yeah. 
and and Tom Brady's got some kind of connection with him that won't be. I mean, Chris Chris Godwin's been a monster this yeah, year. Yeah, it's going to be a hurt, but I think a healthy AB and hopefully in a. People forget about Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller made some meaningful plays last year. Some really huge plays. That dot in the back of the end zone. Again, I think it was against Washington in the at halftime. Yep. Was probably one of the prettiest throws I've seen from Brady in recent memory. Yeah. Just from like 50, 60 yards out, just dropped it in the bucket. Was beautiful throw. AB can be the middle of the, you know, middle of the field guy, catch a lot of high volume. Scotty Miller can take the top off the defense. He's got I think Mike Evans is still going to be healthy come playoff time. So I think while it hurts their chances, um, I definitely still think these guys are contenders. No doubt in my mind about it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be. He did not play well this last week. No, he did not. But they Saint- probably won't have to run into the Saints in the playoffs. Yeah, Hopefully. and the Saints are always his kryptonite for some reason. So, yeah. I mean, I would pay more attention to this week's upcoming game and see how he looks then, and I think that'll be a better judgment of of how well Tom Brady's going to play going into this postseason. Yeah, and with the Rams struggling right now, obviously the Packers have cemented themselves as the top team in the NFC, but everyone else is kind of. Kind of slipping and stumbling around. So as much as the Bucks and Brady are struggling right now, the rest of the NFC is right about there with them. Yeah, I mean, Cardinals are all over the map. Rams are all over the map. It's, Cowboys are all over the map. We talked about the AFC kind of being wide open. I think the NFC is just as wide open, just like the AFC was a couple weeks ago where you're like, I don't know. I don't know who the yeah. best team is. They were this. just top heavy. Yeah. It was like where the AFC was like one of these nine teams where the right. NFC was one of these five teams. Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't I don't know which one of these five teams. Yeah, I don't think there's a lock at this point. Nobody's coming out and playing hot into yeah. the postseason. Green Bay has probably been the closest, but their NFC title woes have been well documented yes. over the last year, couple of years. I mean, so. hey, who knows? Maybe they don't play the Bucks in the NFC title game, and it might be it might who be knows? their time to yeah. shine. Um, question two comes from us from Kellen this week. Comes to us from Kellen this week. Indy knocks off New England this last week. How legitimate are the Colts now going forward? We'll kind of wrap this in mm-hmm. with our recap from the Patriots Colts, Colts game. game. Okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. Um, it's very much like the tight the way we talked about the Titans at the earlier part of the season, where yes, this team's dynamic. They can play great with a lead. Their defense is at, you know stout. Um, the biggest struggle that they are gonna have, in my opinion, is coming from behind. So if they get in a ten point, fourteen point hole in the playoffs. Is Carson Wentz the kind of quarterback that I want to lead and take charge? It, it is so dependent on the running back that scares me significantly. And, and I'd agree. The thing that I will say as far as a positive is that I think everyone kind of expected the Patriots to come out, take the ball out of Jonathan Taylor's hands, and force Carson Wentz to beat you. Right. And it didn't happen. I, the run defense definitely was not was not to expectations. Has it been solid this year? Am I overhyping how? Like, the, I mean, they haven't been like earth shatteringly good stopping the run. So, Bill, here's the thing: is Bill Belichick builds his defenses to what a majority of the teams are doing, right? So, if a majority of the teams are pass heavy, which they currently are right now, mm-hmm. he has built it so he gets pass rush in good situations and has a really solid secondary. Most teams, I mean, how many teams are you going to go up against that run the ball so heavily as the Colts and the Titans do? 
very, very few teams. Those, it's those two. It's really those two teams that yeah. rely. I mean, I would say the 49ers pretty much, but that's they're not going to see them in the NFC. I, I, I would throw Baltimore in there, but it's a different it's a kind. completely different game plan to try to stop Lamar Jackson versus Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, so I, I he builds. So the reason that that defense always looks so good is because they're able to shut down the pass game, so then they they know they're putting them in situations where they know they're going to try to run the ball. Mm-hmm. That is what gives them the advantage most of the time. Where Indy came out and just pounded the ball, they just went they went nose first and just decided to run the ball like crazy. Yeah, and that's why I think the run game struggled. And then because the run game was so successful, it was kind of setting up some of those different passes and things like that. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on if the Colts are legit. I, I definitely think they are at this point. I agree with you that in those situations where you're asking Carson Wentz to close the door or asking Carson Wentz to seal open, the game, open the closed door, right. and come from behind. I don't know. Now I think it's a. I, I think he's hundred percent capable of doing it, but I think it's it's not a question of is he capable. Is he capable of doing it without shooting himself in the fir- first? Because we've seen the high end. Right. This guy was an MVP caliber quarterback at one point in time. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen what this guy can do with the football, but I've seen the lowest of the lows. I've also seen I've also seen what he can do with the football. You know, and and the thing is, is the the way the reason that this game worked out so well for Neapolis is. There were no turnovers, right? So yeah. New England is very an opportunistic team where they're going to perform well when they get the opportunity. And they really they just didn't get the turnovers. They didn't get the ball in an awesome field position too frequently. They got a couple opportunities. Mm-hmm. So there were just some, some things that just didn't work out in the Patriots' favor. I, I'll say a couple of things. I think this will hopefully bring everyone's expectations of New England back down to earth, right? Agreed, yeah. Everyone was like, well... I know. I Lux Patriots Super Bowl. Here we go. Everyone like would ask me all the time. They're like, "Oh, what do you, you think Mac Jones is offensive rookie of the year?" I'm like, "No, like, no, he's he's not." And everyone's like, "Oh man, you got to be hyped." I'm like, "Patriots play well. Like they they're a good team. They're a playoff level team. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I really and that's hard to say as a fan, right? Like, yeah, I've I've been there. I I think I'm I'm having realistic expectations here because. I, again, Mac Jones has played well, but he hasn't played great, and and he's a rookie still. We got to remember when you. Well, play, I'm not expecting greatness right now. In, it's not year five, exactly. And when you play well coached teams like the Indianapolis Colts, I expect rookies to struggle, and that's what Mac Jones did. But everything that I saw in that game made me happy. The comeback, right? Like they asked Mac Jones to throw the ball a lot. He did. He made some mistakes along the way, but he handled himself overall. They put themselves in a position to be competitive towards the end of the game. Jonathan Taylor breaks out that 64-yard run at the end to kind of... Ice it. Yeah, ice it, put it to bed there. But they did everything that I would want to see. They didn't give up. They didn't, like... Bill Belichick has said several times of, like, you know, we'll lose a game, and I learned more about the team of, like, okay, this team's legit based on how they lose. 100%, yeah. And I feel like this is one of those games like they never thought they were out. I mean, we were. I mean, that offense didn't look like anything was going to happen. It's, Some of the play calling was driving me a little crazy. I was like, "Oh my god, why are we pitching it on fucking third and two right now to the outside?" I was like, "Oh my god, like what? What are yeah. we thinking right now?" But yeah. that's going to happen. You're gonna you're gonna be out coached. Sometimes you can't win them all. Um, I think for the Patriots. Play well against Buffalo, win that game, and they got two easy ones to kind of finish out the season. You'll be in good spot. I think it brings both teams kind of back to the middle of like both these teams are legit, 
I think both teams, like, I wouldn't, it's hard not to call either team a Super Bowl contender at this point because we just talked. Yeah. The AFC is as wide open as could be. The AFC North is not decided. The Chiefs all of a sudden look like they may have the best chance, but they've had their stumbles. And they've had their stumbles early on in the year. And as much as they haven't had stumbles down the stretch, they haven't shut the door on a lot of games as they should have. So so the Chiefs haven't really claimed the top spot. Nobody has. The Bills have fallen off. The Ravens are on a three-game skid. Yeah. Nobody else has really come up and grabbed the brass ring at all. So every team is kind of sitting in the same zone. Same pot. So where it's very hard to – it's – I don't want to call them Super Bowl contenders, but at the same time, I feel like if I don't call the Patriots and the Colts Super Bowl contenders, who is the Super Bowl contender in the AFC? There has to be at least one. The thing I'll say about this game that I, I like is the reason that I love when the Patriots play the Colts is they're very similar style teams. So you have, I, I think Frank Wright is maybe one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL as it sits right now. I mean, the man just makes plays work and makes things work. And those teams are always so well coached. And the Patriots and the Colts kind of face similar problems in a lot of way where you have defensive stars, right? You have Darius Leonard. You have uh, blanking on their defensive tackle off DeForest the top of my head. Buckner. Thank you. DeForest Buckner, right? And then on the offensive side, you've maybe got one or two weapons, but it's not like a high-powered – you know, you look at the Colts wide receiver core and you're like – yeah, you're going to draft a wide receiver next year. I pretty much guarantee it, right? Yeah, yeah. Really solid offensive lines. Always kind of either, you know, in that top 15 category of offensive lines. Um, difference is the Colts have Jonathan Taylor right now, and, and he's looking to be a star. So That is the, the pop that the Patriots don't have. Right. Is Jonathan Taylor at this point. Is, is we don't have that one explosive weapon to lean on. Yeah. Neither team has an explosive receiver. Neither team has an explosive tight end. The difference is... is Disagree. Hunter Henry is... I don't know if I'd call him explosive. He's definitely a lot better than anything Indy has. Yes. But I feel like there's like five explosive tight ends in the league. And I, 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 don't, I don't think he's a top three tight end by any means, but I think he's a top five tight end right now. I would put him at six probably. Okay. All right. You know, that's, I, I would say I don't think well, that's crazy. I might, I might. If I put him at five, he would be five. Yeah. Because I don't think there's any way you pass up. Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, Waller. Waller. Yeah, that's fair. And then, then he's in the battle with Hawkinson, Goddard, and yeah, the area. Somewhere, yeah. I, I would definitely, he's 100% top 10. Yeah. Not a doubt in my mind. Yeah, about yeah. That. Yeah. He's, he's, he scrambles into that 5, 6, 7 range. But. So, I like both these teams going into the playoffs. It's all a matter of situation at this point. Can the Colts keep themselves from being in that spot where you have to ask Carson Wentz to go win the game. If you. either one of these teams is, is a wild card team, it's not a wild card team you want to face. I do not want to play either of these guys yeah, in the first round. I agree. Not a doubt in my mind about that. Excuse me. So, next game we got is Chargers-Chiefs. Oh, man. What a game to talk about. Um, it, it was. Yeah, court, and like you said last episode, we both pick... The Chargers, the Chargers so therefore the Chiefs have to win yep. by default because we both picked it. So that's why this isn't a gambling show. This is why we don't give a lot of advice because, yeah, we're not we're not that no. slick when it comes to that kind of stuff. Not even that. It's just when two people agree on something, it goes the other way. That's yeah, it was, it's, it's, just it's like nature. the Sunday night call where it's like everyone picks the Buccaneers except Drew Brees. Yep. Everyone picks the Cardinals. Uh, yeah. Guess what? Yeah, right. <laughs> nah, not so much. <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah, so, I mean, Travis Kelsey shows why he is 
either 1A or 1B in the tight end category. Absolutely, As, yeah. I mean, you can ask. I don't – that's such – I think it's an age-old question. I don't think it's ever going to be answered. What? Who's the best tight end in this league? The one thing I say I, – I will say, and Mark Andrews is getting a lot of hype right now, Kelsey has been the most consistent for the longest at this point. I would agree. Kittle's dealt with a little bit more of injuries. Kittle has, has been hot and cold, and he gets hurt quite a bit. Mark Andrews goes through – like, at the beginning of the season – Mark Andrews was nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found, and now he's kind of caught fire. He's been the best tight end in football the last eight to ten. Right, but Kittle's also come back and played like an animal. Waller's now missed a couple games. Exactly. So I would say Kelsey has probably been the most consistent. That's why when whenever you talk about it to me, I always talk about him at one, just because you you know Travis Kelsey is one going to play, and two he's going to play at a high level. My eyes, the the whole, I what type of offense do you run? Because if I'm Indy, I would mm-hmm. 100% take George Kittle over Kelsey every effing day of the week. And mm-hmm. I'd do the same thing if I were San Francisco. But if I'm Kansas City, I would 100%. Like, why the hell do I need Travis Kelsey to be a good blocker? We don't run the ball here. We throw the ball. We throw the ball, And right. Kittle's a damn good receiver, but he's not as good as Kelsey is. Yeah. But in that zone block run scheme, he eats linebackers alive. Yeah. And that's why he works so well and why he has to also be in that conversation. So... Kelsey shuts the door in OT, obviously. Um, just an absolute dynamite game to watch. Back and forth, down the stretch, goes to overtime. Kelsey slams the door. I'll I'll say I have a couple of thoughts when it comes to this game. Um, I think, one, Justin Herbert proved, hey, you know, I do deserve to be in that conversation of elite quarterback play. I am that play. fucking guy. I am that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we were kind of saying that all along, but I think there's been some doubt. And you got to remember, the kid's only in his second year with a first-year head coach. There's a lot of factors of trying to gel stuff together here. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a problem. Most of the time, I'm I'm in football. I'm not against analytics. I'm really I'm really not. Um, but the one thing I will say is, at the end of the second half, going for it on fourth down there drives me nuts. Because the theory of you know you're on the goal line. If we don't get this, okay, we don't we don't get it, and we put the Chiefs in a bad position. There's 15 seconds left, or whatever there is. You know what I mean? Chiefs don't really care. They're not going to try to drive down and score off of that. You're really not hurting them by going for it, and you're only putting yourself. It's one of the field goal in that spot, huh? I kick a field goal every time, Mm. and you have to know too situationally what the feel of the game is. Okay, you know offensively we just need points here we need to get we need to make ourselves put ourselves in a position and not fall so far behind and if you're gonna go for it dial up like and it's harder for them because they don't have the tight end to go to at this point obviously that's the that's the spot where having a kelsey kittle andrews is almost like they're missing hunter henry yeah agreed weird so it's having that go-to spot and right now i just don't think that they have that yeah as good as mike williams has been and as he was to start the year and as consistent as Keenan Allen is, there's just not a go-to play there. Well, the red zone's tough. The, the The play of field is smaller. You have to throw into tighter windows. You need, you know, you need somebody who's, you know, a bigger athletic guy. Who's, who's going to create the mismatch. Exactly. Go make a play kind of guy. And that's just not. They don't have a guy like they that. They don't have a guy like that. Keenan Allen is definitely, uh, you know, a secure catch kind of guy. He's and consistent. Yes. And Mike Williams, I think week six, yeah, I'll throw it up to Mike Williams. Dude was a fucking animal right. through the first part of the year. Yeah. But it's trailed off pretty hard. So, 
I could agree with you there. I don't know. It just it's one of those spots where like it's the chart. It's the Chiefs. I think mm-hmm. if it was any other team, they would probably take the field goal. But it's Kansas City. They know they wanted that win bad, and that's kind of why they went for it. But again. You can't. There's no like. Oh, it's fourth and one. I just right halfback dive. Like, you got to dial something up. I've always said if I, if I got hired tomorrow as the GM of the Jaguars or the Lions or something like that, I'm hiring that dude that never punts and they always go for two. <laughs> I don't know. I know he's coaching college football yeah, now somewhere. He's, he's like I think it's Division three, Division now. three or he whatever. Was a high school. Coach. He was a high school coach. Literally, he would be my first call. I'd be like. Congratulations! You you want to be an NFL coach? That's so insane. I would. I, I it, like the analytics are there. Like I don't know if I would hire him because I don't know how I feel about the never punting. Like I think there is a time and a place to punt. Yeah. But I I like I like the philosophy of always going for yeah, it. Yeah, I've never watched the game plan, but I mean, if you're dialing up plays, like that's the thing is that like oh we never punt, but on fourth and seven I run a halfback draw. You're like right. obviously should have fucking punted punt like, there. Yeah, and and there's yeah I think there's spots. You better fucking but, yeah, you have to come with the play calls if you're gonna go for it. There's no basic like you better run the fucking Philly special. I think somebody's gonna moneyball it one of these days and go full analytics and just and it might change the NFL. It might. But you have to do it with a long leash. So I'm gonna go in and be like, listen, this first year we we very well could fucking suck. Like you have to you have to understand we might not we might win two games. Like yeah. I, I need you to understand that. We but have I, to establish this. Here. But I think it could be fun and exciting. I'm just. I think saying. it would be fun and exciting. That's why I'm not against analytics, but I also think there's situational awareness, and I think you can't be all in on the analytics. You have to be aware of the situation at the same time. Yeah. We want to talk analytics and going forward on fourth down right now. Jump around. Just that. Yeah, let's just keep, keep on. It. Yeah, keep. Yeah, we'll, we'll go for it. Ravens, Packers. Yeah. For some reason, I forgot who they forgot played. who they played there. The practice squad secondary of Baltimore and the backup quarterback Tyler Huntley take the NFC favorites and the almost surefire MVP at this point, Aaron Rodgers, to the brink again. Baltimore is on a three-game losing streak by a total combined five points. Two missed two-point conversions and a field goal away from being 10-3 and three right now. And and let's just jump into it. I don't have a problem with Harbaugh going for it there. Again, I don't. I'm, I don't either. And I and I feel like I sound like a Harbaugh defender sometimes. But I, I the reason I don't is, okay, you can go to overtime, leave it to a coin flip. You haven't been able to really – Stop Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been dynamic like the whole game. And if I'm going in for good reason, for good reason, he's Aaron Rodgers. He's right? Aaron Rodgers. He's the MVP, and you have one of your top seven corners that is in the game right now. And Quite literally, you have practice squad guys playing against Devontae Adams, yeah. and they held him to 44 yards somehow. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers got his, but they did take the top option away. I will give credit where credit is due. So I don't know if I look at that and go, "Man, I like our odds going into overtime with Tyler Huntley." That's the one where I am 100 percent okay with going for it because what do you have to lose? Right. You're betting on a coin flip in Tyler Huntley, and I love Tyler Huntley. He played like a fucking animal. He played good, but you're yeah. betting. You're you're asking me to bet on Tyler Huntley or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. All day. I can at least justify the Lamar one every once in a while. Like against Pittsburgh. You're asking mm-hmm. me to bet Big Ben against I would have rather us go to OT there, but I, I defended that because I mean Pittsburgh was just just beating up on Lamar, and I think that's part of the reason why he's I hurt will and going I will never it. like I said, I had my questions. I wish we would have done things. I will never ever 
be like, God, I fucking I hate John Harbaugh for doing not. Nah, you let it ride. And and the thing is, is his message is consistent. Right, like you hate people. Like part of the reason why people don't like Urban Meyer is he's a hypocrite and inconsistent. John Harbaugh is like we're a go for it team. Like yeah, we let it ride around here. And the way that I look at it, and I feel like I wish people would look at it from like let's look at it big picture here. If you get it, okay, you just snuck a game on the best team in the NFC right now. Mm-hmm. That's a win. If you lose, guess what? You were supposed to lose that game. You're playing with your backup quarterback. I got my backup quarterback, and like I said, one of seven available starters. You're on your twelfth string running back at this point. It feels like. I mean, I I might go play cornerback for him next. I week. feel like I could suit up and have a shot at this point. Like quite literally, not a single starter that they started the year with in that secondary, or even last year. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Elliott, Chuck Clark, Marcus Peters, and Marlon Humphrey were all out last week. Jimmy Smith was a scratch from COVID. And then they lost Brandon Stevens, Christopher Westry. I think Tavon Young was the only top seven corner on our roster that was playing in that game. Last year. Crazy. Insanity. The fact that they were in this spot is nuts. And as far as Huntley goes, I've had a lot of people ask, like, I was like, how do you feel about Huntley? Do you think he's going to be your backup going forward? First of all, everyone thinks he's going to be a starter somewhere. I was like, that kid might be a starter. I was. No. You better. I was like, there's got to be a new coach coming into the league because there's no offense right now that would take him. There no is way. a like the Ravens revolutionized their like it was a they, Joe Flacco's the fucking starter. Yeah, like, they this went was all a in. Full hard reset. Yeah. Traded up to 32 to get Lamar from the second round, and they said, "This is not Joe Flacco's offense. You are not going to be running the Raven offense for the last 10 years. This is your offense. This is going to be tailor made to you." And they went and got a backup that plays just like he does. Yeah. So he, we don't have to change the offense. He's been studying. He's only a second-year guy. People thought he was a vet. I was like, this kid's just the same age as Lamar's. They're both 23, 24 years old. And there was some throws that I watched him make where I was like, God, I wish Lamar would be that patient. And it's not a, a knock on Lamar, really. The offensive line has been horrible this year, so it's, it's ups to his anxiety in the pocket. He is so trigger-happy when it comes to running right now. And I can't blame him because the offensive line has been terrible. But also, if Lamar Jackson is on that two-point conversion, we get it. Because yeah. there was a wide-open lane to the end zone. Lamar wouldn't have – he might have forced it into double coverage to Mark Andrews. That's a possibility. But I think on that rollout, if you watch the replay, there is a wide – like a, a six-yard hole, like a running back inside zone type gap that opens up. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood comes open in the back of the end zone. Right. That's the play that Lamar makes. Whereas Huntley's Huntley like – Huntley's like, the play calls to Andrews, so I'm throwing it to Andrews. The, the thing I'll say about Huntley is I don't think he's a starter in the NFL. And, and here's why. It's the same reason I don't think Case Keenum is a starter either is because I look at this and I go – okay, he is in the perfect situation for him right now, right? Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield, very similar guys, undersized guys. They like to make the same kind of throws. They like to run the same kind of offense. And I look at Huntley and Lamar, and it's the same situation where he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not as dynamic. He doesn't make the throws that Lamar necessarily makes. But he's in the right spot for where he needs to be. So when he when Lamar misses three or four games, he's the perfect guy to step in and, and play that backup. There's role. a reason he took Trace McSorley's job as the backup quarterback, right? Because he's learned the playbook. He's done his, you know, he's paid his dues. He knows the playbook well, and he plays well in these spots. He played well against Chicago and got us the win. And he almost knocked off Aaron Rodgers this last week. So, pending a quarterback, you know, a, a front office being like. 
we're blowing up the entire playbook and restarting. And I don't think Tyler Huntley is the level of talent where you're like, That's I'm the, resetting the entire Yeah, thing. you don't do that for a guy like I that. I do that for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And maybe if Tyler Huntley played a whole season as well as he did against the Packers, a team would give it a shot. But even then, yeah, it is a risk to be had. It's a big ask. All right, next game. I don't know. We've jumped around so much. We did, but they don't know that. We we can we don't can, tell them. yeah. We don't have to, we don't have to share that <laughs> Just as well. Admit that, yeah. Um, Raiders versus Browns. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this game. Um, I mean this this we're gonna get into kind of the COVID mess, but this is kind of oh, headlines are next. We'll just we'll kind of merge this merge this into the COVID mess. This is my problem that I have with this. So. They try to move it back for fairness for Cleveland to try to get either Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum in a spot where they can play. They move it back. They can't. It doesn't happen, mm-hmm. and you still get Nick Mullins. So it was kind of pointless to move the game back to begin with. Yep. And Just gave Nick Mullins an extra day of prep more than anything. And in competitive fairness, I feel like at the end of the day, the Raiders, even though they won, they get screwed still at the end of the deal. They get the short end of the stick. Because they still have to play next week. They have an week. extra, a less day of prep now. Yeah, one less day fifteen for their next game. So I am, I am so against moving games because of COVID. I think once a game is locked in, leave it. Like the two games that are going on, we're recording this Tuesday night. Two games that are happening right now should not be happening right now. I'm I'm okay with sliding them, but I don't think it's to get your your starters healthy. I think it's to elevate your practice squad guys and get them ready for the big stage at that point. And I still don't think that's fair. Like they're on your practice squad. They should be ready to go. Um, who plays Saturday? One of the, I think the Eagles play Saturday night this week. Yeah, Yeah. They play. So they play on Tuesday and then they have to turn around and play again on Saturday. Yeah. Like, come on. Like I, I I understand. Like, so there's, there's a balance there of like, some teams are going to be like, well, we like this because, you know, we get a free win on the Browns because um, Nick Mullins is starting. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's not a valid reason not to move the game. But listen, COVID has been what it's been for, it feels like, um, what, two, Almost two years? Almost two years now. Yeah. I think the first case started like December 31st of 2020. I think it was, I thought it was in March, but. I think, like, the first official one, it didn't mm-hmm. obviously gain traction until March. March, okay. But, like, I thought, like, the first reported case, like, if you want to take the official start date before shit got crazy. Yeah. So, like, it is, it's been damn near two years regardless. So, you understand the risk you take with having an unvaccinated player not following protocol. And, you know what I mean, the risk of passing it on and all this stuff. Like, you understand it, they understand it, and it's not the other team's fault. So, we should and we go on and play. also understand that... Vaccine or not, we're at a point where you could still get sick. Yeah. So if I'm an NFL head coach, vaccinated or not, masks in meetings, masks at the podium, I don't care. Right. There's like, vaccine drastically drops your chances of getting it, but it doesn't put it at zero. Zero. And I'm not I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, wow, I love wearing a mask. And wow, I love doing yeah, it. I but like, hate it. Uh, yeah, I don't enjoy it. But like, if I was running a multi, if, if I was the CEO of a multi-million dollar corporation, and it was like, you know, I had one day a week where I needed all my staff to show up and perform. I'd, I'd be doing everything in my damn power to make sure that they were prepared and doing everything they can to prevent it happening. And, and, and again, looks- people are like, I don't know how you wear a mask every day to work. You work 40 hours, 50 hours a week. I don't know. How you, yeah. I'm like, uh, I got to fucking put food on the table. Like, right. And it's not, it's not a hill I'm willing to die on. Right. Literally. Yeah. It's not. 
So I and I agree. Like, and people are like it's unfair to cut players because of their vaccination status. And I'm like, you I think, can say I, that. I think it's a legality issue. Which I'm not going to tell you. That's why I cut you. But mm-hmm. it's damn sure going to be in my decision making process. I think it's illegal for you to say that. I mean, you're not an employer of anyone. But yeah, I, I don't think teams can come out and say it. But like to, I said, just don't just but to sit here and say Urban that Meyer it, came out and said it. And I yes. was like, what are you doing? It's, like, I understand why every you can't say that every team was thinking and doing what he was saying. You just can't say it. Yeah. He's the rookie head coach dumb enough to put it out. Yeah. Because if I've got two guys that both produce the same, they're both 23 years old. They're both learning the offense. One's vaccinated and is probably going to miss a game. If two, maybe that yeah. and the other kids unvaccinated and might miss half the year. I'm pretty damn sure who I'm going to take. Yeah. And you know, uh, the guy that I'm taking just learned the playbook better. Sorry. I, I think we should stop moving games. I know the Broncos game kind of sucked that they had a wide receiver playing quarterback. That one did suck last year. At least I was, think the biggest thing that sucked is that they didn't slide that game. and But that's they were the sliding point. other games. Yes. Baltimore at slid to a Wednesday. Yeah, that should never happen. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Play the game when it's supposed to be scheduled. Say, sorry, like you, you are somewhat in control of this situation. Shit happens. Like... It is what it is. We got to keep playing going forward. Yeah, agreed. All right. Other other headlines we have. Let's uh, let's jump into the Urban Meyer firing. Officially gone. I know. We talked. We recorded on last week. We recorded on Wednesday. I believe so. And of course, Thursday morning before the podcast comes out, yep. he gets canned. He got canned. Of course, just just our luck. Just right, right after. Just right after. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not shocked that it came out. I know it's going to be a whole legal battle of whether they pay him or not. They'll probably end up settling somewhere in the middle, and no one will care. Yeah. Um, Undisclosed amount. I think a couple of things. One, I don't think Urban Meyer's done coaching. Think he's done coaching in the NFL? Oh, he's, no, God, he's never coached in the NFL. Again? Never again? Never again. Never. I think he'll be a college. He'll go back and take a college job. I think. He, do you think he'll take a year off at all? Uh well, all the big jobs are filled, so yes, probably. Um, so he he won't be this year, but you know, next year when I don't think Texas will be open, but you know, something like that comes something open, larger. comes open. It wouldn't be surprising to me if he tries to like rebuild his image of being, and and honestly, the people that are saying he didn't deserve a chance to be an NFL head coach, he jumped the line or whatever. Crazy. I think you're insane. Yeah. He's a top three college football coach of all time. And he was probably number two college coach of the last 10 years outside of Nick Saban. Outside of, exactly. So, so he 100% deserves a chance. Did it work out? No. Can you foresee these things? Not always. You know, I mean, some, some things work at some levels and they don't work at others. You know, it's just. I think everything that happened and he failed because of himself. I don't yes. think. No, there's no one to blame like, but him. No, he he sh- he shot himself in the foot six times, reloaded and shot himself so in the again. foot again six times. Yeah, there was no assistance needed between the Tebow, the vaccination thing, the not Lam- flying home with the team, the Lambo kick- thing, kicking happening. a kicker. Like it just piled up, and you're like, dude, what but are you gonna? I like- don't micromanage the decisions in games, but Carlos Hyde is our number one running back, despite James Robinson having 1,600 rushing yards last year, just because he went to Ohio State. I love that Andre Cisco is getting more snaps. Didn't play at all the former game. Yeah, Syracuse graduate, by the way. But yeah, I I just think the whole thing was a mess. He'll end up in college somewhere. It'll it'll work out for him in the end. I think, he'll, or he'll go back and be a college football analyst somewhere. Um, 
He definitely has a career in football. It's just not at the NFL level. I think the Jags job is going to be a hot one. I really do next year. I think I, I think, think it should be. Yeah, you Trevor F. and Lawrence. And you get the number one pick. Most likely at this point. You definitely have a top three pick no matter what. Oh, yeah. There's a solid chance you have number one. I mean, the Lions are a hot team. So don't don't sleep Two on Two and the one Lions. in the last three games, man. Yeah. And you can't deny the numbers. So, um, Do you have any more thoughts? Who's the top candidate for the job now? Like if if you had now if we're in the off season, mm-hmm. coordinators are available, guys have been fired, yeah. other jobs are available. So this is the first year that they are going to allow next week they can interview they can interview coordinators. Af- after the end of next week they can interview guys that are active with teams. Mm. They did that so guys that make the playoffs stop getting punished for not getting interviews for jobs because they have to wait so long to interview them. Yeah. So they can interview guys at the end of this coming week that's coming up. So like next Monday they'll be able to interview guys. Um, I mean, front like names that are that are brought up frequently. Um, Byron Leftwich is one hundred percent. Yeah, it it's an obvious fit for a lot of reasons. Of he was a former Jaguar. He's you know an offensive guy working with a young quarterback. Not a young quarterback. Tom Brady's forty four years old. He will. He would be if he took the job. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're. I was like. I was like. uh, Tom Tom Brady's not a young quarterback. Tom Brady's older than Byron Leftwich. Yes. Yes, he is. But no, I think I think that that makes somewhat of a sense. Um, I and I don't think that's a bad fit at all. Um, I've seen a lot of different names. The dust has got to settle a little bit. The enemy, I think, obviously is going to be in the the carousel per usual. Yep, he'll be he'll be up there. If he gets a job. Um, do you think Peterson's a good fit here? No, I don't. I don't. I think Peterson's going to come in to a team that's ready to win now. Mm. So like. I, I think Peterson, like the Raiders job, is the one open right now that I go. I could see Peterson in. Oh, I'm um, going to talk about the Raiders. Huh? I said, I'm going to talk about the Raiders here later on. Are you? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Peterson's going to take over a team with a younger quarterback. I think he's going to come into a situation that's more stable. I don't think this is a bad spot, to be 100% honest with you. What, the Jacksonville for, job? Yeah, for Peterson to take. Like, um, it is definitely a year or two out, but it all depends on what comes available, obviously. Yeah. Well. If the Raiders decide to promote within, I I don't know of another job that comes open at this point. Maybe the Vikings? Maybe Mike Zimmer? Oh, I, I think the, the Vikings job will might come open. I think the Bears job will might come open. I You'll be surprised of what teams start cutting ties. I agree, but I don't know of a win-now team that's going to have a spot. Doug I Peters. Can, I think Doug Peterson is an option in Minnesota. I don't think Doug Peterson's going to take over with. I don't. I don't like him in Chicago. I don't like him in Jacksonville. I don't know how he does with Kirk Cousins going forward either. Like, I, I think Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr are better fits than Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I definitely take Derek Carr over Kirk Cousins. You you are taking Doug Peterson on the fact that he can make the playoffs next year with your team. Fair and enough. I don't look at Jacksonville and Chicago and go, yeah, they're one year out. I look at Peterson, and, and if I'm in <clears> Peterson's <throat> shoes, I would rather have Lawrence at the top <laughs> of the list of those four quarterbacks. Yes. For obvious reasons. I don't know if I look at that situation. I don't know. I'm also a big Doug Peterson fan, so I might be drastically overvaluing like what situations I mean, he'll I've get seen, offered. Like, I mean, people are starting to talk about him. Like, when they're talking yeah. about like, – Possible head coaches, like they've listed all the guys that are going to get fired, and then you see his name with that NFL logo as a free agent down there at the bottom. So he is one of those coaches that I would be more than happy to take right now. Agreed. Um, 
and and who knows? There's always going to be some random team. Somebody's going to get fired. We don't expect to get fired. True. So we've got to. You can't count guys that can out. Retire too. That yeah. is a big thing. Like there are some guys in head coaching spots that may give it up. I and this is a weird one, but I also like Doug Peterson to like Seattle could be very interesting. I can see that. I think Russell Wilson would like to have like an offensive there's, guy there's there. Three names to come up, and I think one of them is much much more likely than the other two. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bruce Arians or Andy Reid are ready to hang it up. No, by no means. I definitely don't think it's 100% out the window either. Those guys are getting older. The stress can start to get to you at certain points. We've seen guys I, hang it up unexpectedly. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think so either. Mike McCarthy getting fired in Dallas. I don't <laughs> think they're ready to fire him at all. I don't think it's but to if, that point. But if the collapse, if it's a hard collapse, like miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think you consider it. And I think Peterson being there, being a former Philly head coach, and a guy that you're like, this guy can get us to the playoffs, I would be willing to displace McCarthy for that. Now, maybe Peterson's off the table. I don't know if I'm like, it would be, I would be firing McCarthy because like I'm halfway ready to, and I love the candidate that's waiting at the front door. I really liked Kellen Mond coming into it, but. Dak Prescott's been such a slump lately. It's not a great look yeah, in the it's, moment. It's weird. It's really weird right now. So there's there's just a lot of weird people. But I think that job is definitely by far the most attractive, it's, especially if an offensive minded head coach. If it were to come open, obviously, yeah, maybe he's more talented than ever, and you have a solid DC that's figuring this defense out. Oh, you're saying in Dallas? Yeah. Oh yeah, Dallas. If Dallas job comes open, that's easily the most attractive job out yeah. there, without question. That team is ready to win right I now. I think you could make an argument that that's the most and like it, intriguing job regardless of status. And it wouldn't surprise me if they let go of McCarthy that they just don't promote Mond or Dan Quinn right to head coach. That's true. I that is I very true. like I don't look at that staff and go I want to break that up right now. I would be and it might be one of those situations in Dallas and I don't think I really don't think this is super realistic, but a couple of years ago in Tampa Bay who did they fire? I don't remember who the coach was. They fired the head coach because Dirk Cutter was the OC and Jameis really liked Dirk Cutter. They fired the head coach, promoted Dirk Cutter to the head coach because they didn't want to lose him to another team. Mm. I don't really see that happening, but you never know. Yeah. That, that would be the only scenario where you're like so fearful of losing Moore. Kellen Mond. Kellen Moore. More? Like, we're saying this wrong. Okay. Yeah, Kellen Mond's kid from Texas A&M, the backup QB for the Vikings. Oh, okay. Kellen Moore. Kellen I was like, Moore. this doesn't sound right. Some, something's off sound here. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I, I definitely agree, and I could also see McCarthy keeping his job for an extra two years because they don't want to break up. Yeah. And you, you'd probably create a divide by – you could also – Make some people mad by promoting Dan Quinn over more or vice versa. Well, so. and it wouldn't surprise me, and this is going to sound weird to say, I think Dan Dan Quinn has coached himself back to being a head coach this year. Um, I don't know where. I, ju- I don't know how many jo- – it's so hard to say, like, who's going to get a job and who's not because not all the jobs are open yet. Agreed, yeah. But he feels like a, a person who's probably coached his way back into getting another shot at being a head coach this year. I, I think it's hard to deny with how well that defense is played. And depending on if you're looking for a proven <laughs> or an unproven guy, depends on which way you go with. People that are looking for proven guys, like, I think, I think teams that are more ready to win now – Vikings aren't going to hire Kellen Moore. They're not going to hire Byron Leftwich. They're going to hire a guy with experience. They're going to hire, you know what I mean? They're probably going to go offensive side of the ball, but they're probably going to go with somebody with a little bit more experience. So, yeah. 
I don't know. That would be interesting, though. If they could get a good OC in the door, and then if they brought Dan Quinn in to boot in Minnesota. I honestly, and I know everyone, Joe Brady's probably going back to college. But if I'm looking at that, I'm going, man, if we can get head coach and Joe Brady down to Jacksonville, I feel like that's a great fit. I think Dan Quinn and Joe Brady being on the same staff next year would be huge. As Dan Co- Dan Quinn is the head coach to boot. Boot, and then... Especially in Minnesota. We know that defense is talented. They're just not playing like it for some effing yeah. reason. You get a good OC in the door, who knows? I feel like Joe Brady was just kind of the fall man, and he needs a quarterback who's not going to be run-reliant, so... Or he needs I'm, just a stable, like, yeah. they were like, hey, it's your first time being in the NFL. It's your first time, like, first time being ever an NFL coach, position, yeah. coordinator, NFL, whatever. And this is also, you know, so this is a big step for you. By the way, please revitalize Sam Donald's career. And he, like, he did a great job through the first six weeks, four weeks. Yeah, it was like five, weeks. six weeks, yeah. Yeah, it was a great job, and he looked great. And then Chris McCaffrey went down. And then you kind of saw Sam Donald's true colors. So, I don't Agreed. know. Um, last headline we want to talk about Le'Veon Bell signing with the Bucks. Yep, straight to the regular. We've seen a lot of the like he signed with the practice squad and, and then, then gets promoted. three days later they're like, oh, he's on our active roster. I was like, I don't know why you yeah. just fucking sign him there, but uh, Le'Veon Bell and AB are back on the same team. Solid. That's I think that's the funniest thing that came out of it. Um, we'll see. I think he'll be a two back at best behind Ronald Jones probably with Fournette out. Ronald Jones has been solid. He hasn't done anything this year. Yeah. But also Fournette's been an animal. Yeah. So I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand. But he wasn't terrible in Baltimore. It's just I don't know why Baltimore cut him, to be 100% honest with you. I, I just think Le'Veon Bell, I mean, and just from, like, him commenting on, like, the Jake Paul boxing stuff and, like, all of I'm like. His mind is not in football right now. That's, that's like, that's kind of what it feels like is that he's not. You, you would think somebody who kind of lost their spot in the NFL because he was distracted by other things and worried about other stuff, he would be like, oh, my yeah. second chance, I'm really going to hyper-focus on football and just be a football guy. Yeah. And he just doesn't seem to have learned that lesson. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really – I'd love for him to find his legs again. Yeah. He was one of the most fun running backs to – I. he was one of the most fun running backs to watch – Regardless of uniform, I fucking hated playing him twice a year. He ate Baltimore alive, and so did AB consistently. Those two were at one point the best players in their positions. I maybe on Bell was the best running back in the NFL at one point in time. So, and it's just the patient running style only works behind a certain type of offensive line. And Baltimore didn't have it, I'll tell you that much. I also wasn't getting the carries as well. Um, so I don't know. That that Bucks line is solid. It just kind of depends. Because your coach has to also put up with it. You know, there's some old-style football coach like, get Norton South, stop dancing, get up the field, where he's a very big dance guy. He is a sit-behind-the-offensive-lineman, find the gap, and go. And I don't know. I kind of would like to see him find his legs again as long as it's not in the AFC. If I think this has to be his last stop because if you look at the teams he's played with, didn't work out in KC. That ma- that made too much sense in the time. Didn't work out. I, I, I don't know why KC went after him because it was like, hey, we just spent a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, let's sign Le'Veon Bell who does the same thing. 
He was he was bring he was brought in to be a backup running back. In right. KC. So people were like I don't know why they didn't keep him. I was like you're not taking that distraction to be a backup running back. But here's why you bring him in to be a backup running back. How many teams fly through running backs? True. As a Baltimore Ravens fan, I'm kind of shocked that you even say that. That's true. Because like again, he, I don't know why we cut him. Like we still aren't. I I got Devonta Freeman, Tyson Williams, and. I don't even know who the third healthy running back on our roster is right now at this point. Yeah. Off the top of my head. And Latavius has played Latavius, Latavius Murray's still there. Okay. Yeah. There I was like, I'm forgetting big name here. And and he's played he's played really well this year for Baltimore. But yeah, no, I you look at this and you just go, it just doesn't you know, you, you want as many running backs on your team as you can. Like mm-hmm. the reason that the Patriots can always run the ball is they always have like six dudes. Who, no matter who gets hurt or what style they need to run, they can always run the football. The bullet point here is, God damn it, I wish Gus Edwards was healthy for those two two point conversions because I guarantee you it would. Right, he could just one. hammer that in. I oh my god. All right, yeah. AB and Le'Veon are with the Bucks. We're gonna get into hot and cold right after a quick word from our sponsor, Houston-based company Exotic Pop, is known worldwide as the unique beverage boutique offering rare and hard-to-find flavors of beverages and snacks that are sourced from all over the globe. Exotic Pop promotes creativity, individuality, and a distinctly positive movement for pop culture as it draws legendary entertainers as well as soda connoisseurs together for a greater purpose. From hits like the Wu-Tang Pineapple Soda to rare snacks like Dunkaroo Cereal, Exotic Pop is your one-stop shop for all the goods. So, be that as it may... Into our hot and cold for this week. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to? Uh, why don't you go first? I feel like I've been talking a lot this episode. So um, we just kind of talked about it. Uh, my cold take: the Ravens are banged up. I mean, we talked about it in in the the preview or the review from the Packers Ravens game. This team is drastically banged up, and they went, yeah. You just read my hot take, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I saw the look on your face. So I couldn't think of anything, so I was like, I'm just going to go ridiculous. But also something that no one will remember that I ever said. As far as the Ravens go, this is a team that just went from first place in the division to now completely out of the playoffs. They are the eight seed currently. Mm-hmm. So uh, I could have. I saw this from a mile away, like I said. This is a team that was the one seed in the AFC two, three weeks ago, and it's just a team that cannot compete with the amount of injuries. Like, I don't think anybody really has understood the fact that these there is quite literally 20 to 25 with 9 to 11 key guys on IR for Baltimore right now. It is bad. So now the bright spots have been ever so bright. Mark Andrews is a thousand yard receiver. The first I uh, beat Todd heaps record for most receiving yards by a tight end in Ravens history. And he did it in 13 games animal Hollywood's probably going to eclipse a thousand yards. He'll be our first thousand yard receiver since Anquan Bolden went down. So the bright spots have been there. There's also been the dark spots, obviously with the injuries. Lamar's now getting hurt. He's been more anti in the pocket that I've ever seen him, which I don't like, but the grit I'll tell you that if this team was fully healthy, that Baltimore has probably got one, maybe two losses on the year, and they are not the Super Bowl contenders. They are the Super Bowl favorites because mm-hmm. this team has found a way to keep it close no matter who they're playing and no matter who's playing for them. Yeah. So as banged up as they've been and as much as I love them, 
I can't fucking wait for the season to end because I want to I want to see this team at full strength again. I really do. So, into my hot take. <laughs> we're going we're going out there. Yeah, apparently. Out there away. And uh I'm going to be the biggest switch up our this I'm going to be a spin doctor here cuz I'm going to fucking mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to pull this off. Okay, go for it. The Raiders will make the Super Bowl in the next 5 years. Now, part of me thinks this is ridiculously hot. Another thing is I feel like this is so loose that it's also not hot at the same time. You can make a blanket statement like this about just about any team probably. And I mean, yeah, five years is a long up. time. Yeah, I'll give you that. Because I don't know if Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback at that point. Is Derek Carr the QB in five years? I don't know. Probably not, no. I would be surprised if he this, was. This is kind of based off where this roster is currently at. They're not in a horrible cap spot. They're not nope. great. But I think they've got $40 million going into this offseason, so more and, than most. And they always create more. Mm-hmm. They're going to end up with like 50 or 60 more than um, likely. You have Darren Waller, dynamic target going forward. Brian Edwards has shown. For some reason, Brian Edwards is that guy that just doesn't catch a single ball. But God damn it, in the two-minute warning with the game on the line, he's the only receiver they throw to. Hunter Renfro's Hunter played. Hunter Renfro's been a Cooper Cup junior this yeah, year. Yeah, he's played well. He's been a great route runner and kind of a do-it-all guy for them. It's extremely smart. Probably one of the smartest football players you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. I saw a play from him in week six where I think – I don't remember what it was, whether it was like a fumble or if it was on a, like a punt return. But like the wherewithal, like he punched the ball loose or knocked a guy out of bounds where I was like – it just – he knew where the chains were. So I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Hunter Renfro is probably one of the smartest guys you'll ever see on a football field. Um. Derek Carr's there. Josh Jacobs, obviously. You have your franchise running back. Is Kenyon Drake and them that can be. have been kind of a decent one-two punch when they're both healthy? Yeah, this, the issue is I think they've probably played a combined like four games where they've both been on the field Yeah, at the same time. They both miss games at opposite times, which has been good. That means they have a reliable running back at all times. But when these two guys are healthy together, very, very dynamic to one-two punch. I'm curious to see if they re-sign Jacobs or how that ends up and playing out. And how much are you going to spend? Yeah. that's To me, it's not about when or if. It is how much are you going to spend. Kendron Drake got like $10 million. Yeah, for two, oh, two years. Two years, two I years. think is what it was. It was this like nine terrible. or something. Could which, be better, could be worse. Yeah, I mean, it's not, not a bad amount of money if Jacobs to pay. goes down, that's a steal of a deal to have that guy as your starting running back at $10 million for yeah. two years. Well, and... and the reason that I liked it was Drake is a great receiving back where J- Josh Jacobs is the not. The polar opposite. Yeah. Max Crosby's on your defensive side. Um, Who's electric. Been an animal this year. Carl Nassib's okay. The biggest thing for me going forward, and it's a complete 180 from where I was a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. is I have all the faith in the world in Mike Mayock at this point to draft well. That's and I so think it, weird. You were gonna call. You were calling for his job. At I one was, point. and it's because I did what this generation does, and I was like, "Well, this team sucks, and that guy's at the helm, so he's in charge." And mm-hmm. then I realized that it wasn't Mayock making the decisions come draft time. It was John Gruden, which mm-hmm. I should have seen coming, considering they gave the guy ten million dollars a year. I think. I think it was. Control. I think it was Gruden was making like the first two, which I think like the, all the first rounder and the second round picks, which were all not great. No. And then they were hitting all these guys like later Max round. Crosby was a fourth round pick. Yeah, they had a starting offensive lineman was a fourth round pick. Their guy, they have a starting cornerback. And if the defensive rookies weren't so goddamn good this year, like they have arguably like the third best corner in the draft. They took him in the fifth round this year. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but he's been a stud. 
So they've been hitting all these late round picks, and we know who's taking those. That's Mayock. Yeah, that's so true. So I'm thinking with with him being in control of the first and the second round now, I think they've got they're probably gonna have to draft a quarterback in the future. Which mean I don't know. Five years may be too short of a window to lose Derek Carr, get and a high recover. draft pick, and recover. There's but no shot they can do it that quickly. But who knows? Maybe my Mayock says I don't need. I've I've. <laughs> Mayak says, we've won eight games without hitting our first and second round picks these last three years. I'll just trade them off for a quarterback. Who cares? And just goes against Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Who yeah, knows? who knows? I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see. It's out there, but I've, like I said, once I sat down and realized that Gruden was making the top round decisions, Mayak was making the late round decisions, and they've been nailing the late round picks. I, I just don't know. The problem is, is the Raiders and the Vikings are very similar teams to me where they're kind of stuck in purgatory. Where they're not bad, but they're not great either. They're kind of good. So they're a borderline playoff team every year. They're probably not going to be in Super Bowl contention. So it's like, how do you view them? So on that one, I just, I don't know. That's that's a tough spot for me to try to figure out if that's... And also, they're in the same division as the Chiefs. And the Chargers. It's a tough send. And the and Broncos the Broncos. So the Broncos, I would argue, have a better roster, but struggle more at QB. I would take... Both of those young quarterbacks for the Chiefs and the Chargers, long before I took Derek Carr or any young quarterback coming up Probably. this year, at least. Um, so yeah, definitely this year, definitely. Yeah, one of the weakest quarterback classes we've ever seen. I mean, listen, Kenny Pickett can't do his fake slide. No good. I'll toss him trash now. Yeah, and I also don't think I. How many? Um, how many quarterbacks go in the top five this year? Top five, maybe one. I think there's at least two. No. Teams get greedy, man. Jared Goff went at pick one. Yeah, but we had this conversation the Daniel Jones year, and it ended up being Jones at five or six, and then Dwayne Haskins fell all the way to 15. Jones went at four. Didn't Kyler Murray go that year? Oh, Kyler Murray went one. So that's, that was still two. Did Jones? Jones didn't go at four. I thought it was four. I think it was five or six. I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah, I think this is one of those years. I think we have three quarterbacks go in the top 15. I just don't know. When has that ever panned out? What? When is when is three quarterbacks going in the top 15 but not the top five ever worked? Uh, it works. I mean, just because you draft. I mean, it just depends on the level of talent. I think, I think there are some guys this year. I don't think there's one guy that you go, wow, that's a Trevor Lawrence I, if you looked at the top three quarterbacks this year, I'm not sure any of them are first-rounders if they go last year. Maybe Kenny Pickett. I know there was some hype around him, but probably ends up falling into the late first, second round. But um, I don't know. I, I haven't gotten into the draft enough. I'll get into it. As soon as playoffs start, I'll start deep diving into it. Yeah. I know there's a lot of hype around Kenny Pickett. I know there's a lot of hype around the Ole Miss guy. There's one kid I'm forgetting about. but I don't because there was – there was the thing is, is that there was three or four quarterbacks that everyone was talking about. There's still three or four quarterbacks, but they're completely different three quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett wasn't getting talked about. Matt Coral was. That's the kid from Matt Coral is the other kid. That but I'm Keaton forgetting. Slovis out of USC tanked this year. Mm-hmm. Spencer Rattler was supposed tanked. to be the number one overall pick. Kenny Pickett was getting. There was talks that Kenny Pickett might have been a first rounder if he came out last year, or maybe a second round pick, and that's why I think he stayed. But. Daniel Jones was six. You were correct. Yeah, I thought Clint so. Clint Farrell was four. Yeah, of course he was. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to jump into mine, and I'm going to scrap what I wrote down here for oh. my cold. I'm going to take. I'm going to make my hot, my cold, and then I'm going to. I'm going to switch it up here. Okay. Okay. For my cold take, 
I think the Saints will be in trade talks for a QB. I think they're one of those teams that if Aaron Rodgers is out there, the problem is is they just don't have a ton of assets to really move around. They don't have a lot of cap, so and they would have to move a lot of guys to make room for to take for, on a max contract, for a quarterback contract too. They, Sean Payton and that GM somehow always figure out a way to like make it work. You got to give them credit; like they've they've been in that spot the last like three and a half years, and they've worked it every single time. So it wouldn't surprise me if whoever the last person to move is. So like if Wilson and Rodgers move early and Watson. and Watson's left at the end or something, that they don't end up with Watson somehow or, or vice versa. Um, I think they're one of those teams that are that people are sleeping on. Oh gosh, I keep remembering and I keep forgetting what I wanted my hot take to be. But oh, it slipped me. I should have. I should have wrote it down. You should have wrote it down. You know better than that. I know. I because I was like, oh, I'm going to change it to this because we were talking about something and it made me. It sparked it. And I was like, oh, this is a really good one. I'm going to talk about it. But um, your other cold take is accurate. Big Ben's done. Yeah, Big Ben is done. I think I. I was I'm. I'm glad we that you put this down. My only Christmas wish this year that I want from the NFL season is to beat Big Ben in Baltimore for Week 18 in what is going to be his last game as a Steeler. I want that win more than I want the playoffs. And honestly, I would I pro- I wouldn't trade it for a Super Bowl. That's completely now. If you mm-hmm. were like you can go to the Super Bowl, but you're not guaranteed to win, I would. I would think about trading that win when for, for, for a Super Bowl trip. I remember my hot take now. Bring okay. On. The Lions are going to be a playoff contender next year. So like they are they're the 8 9 7. They're they're in those spots six, 7 8 Yeah, nine. yeah. Okay. So I'm the more I like hear people talk about Dan Campbell and at first I kind of thought it was like cheesy and a little you know, a little, a little cartoonish, a little gimmicky. You know, People, I, I feel like the way that everyone expected Dan Campbell to be is how Urban Meyer actually turned out. Right, and like the very weird, like I, what is this guy? Doing? And they have nothing to play for, and yet everyone on that team is playing so hard for they that guy. Fucking want to win, man. He reminds me a lot of Rex Ryan. So, and and I make this comparison with purpose is he's going to be able to turn this team around and it's going to draw players in because people hear the way they talk. They hear what the other players are talking about them. Like it, it, that's what attracts free agents in is when people like when people are going up and they're like, get me out of Jacksonville. They're like, okay, I'm not, not even going to think about signing with no, Jacksonville not at all. When the way the lions players are talking about Dan Campbell, like they're going to sign some people that you're like, wow, they, he chose the lions over this. And they're like, yeah, cause he's going to get playing time and he likes Dan Campbell. They feel like a team that's going to flip around. I don't think Dan Campbell is necessarily a long-term solution. That's why I think he's very Rex Ryan-y where it's true. he's loud. He's got this you know boisterous message about him. People buy in for a little bit, and it works, and they could become a playoff they team. They buy in as long as it works. Yeah. And you could argue that it's not working at 2-11-1, but also when they were 0-11-1, you know, people thought that this wasn't possible at all. Yeah, I, I I like a lot about Dan. They Campbell. just took down the best team in football. Yeah, arguably one of the best. And they have nothing to play for. There's no reason that they had gone from win the that playoffs game. two, three weeks ago. Yeah, playing against the Cardinals, a fully healthy Cardinal like Kyler Murray's back. D Hop still down, but this isn't Colt McCoy that they're playing against. And yeah, I think everyone at the beginning of the year, and the thing that makes it so impressive is that. 
at the beginning of the year, they're like, oh, Jared Goff's there. It's like, who fucking cares? Because that – this guy, this first-year head coach in the NFL, got Jared, Ca- Jared Goff to care about Detroit Lion football. Yeah. Not only Detroit Lion football, 0-10-1 Detroit Lion football, and he has Jared Goff play – the way he's played aside – the passion that I've seen from Goff is arguably I've seen him care more about that that first win of the year than I saw him make the Super Bowl with when he was with McVeigh. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions don't draft a QB. They stick with Goff and they just try to build talent and build a roster. And I agree because I don't like I said I am not taking a quarterback in the top five unless that is my guy. And right. I don't think there's a guy this year. This is the year to like. Wait on him. If there's a guy at 27 that was supposed to go at 15, yeah, I'll pull the trigger. I'm just know. saying, watch out for Dan Campbell and the Lions. I think I think they could be an interesting team. I definitely think that. I agree. I like the Rex Ryan comp. I think that's very fitting. Yeah, I think I think they they compare. I like the high wise. end. I like the high end. I think he can get them to possibly an NFC title game. Maybe I don't know. That's a long send, but it was a long send when Rex Ryan did it too. So. All right, you ready for pump the brakes? Bring it on. Okay, the Browns have a real chance to make the playoffs. I would have to look at their schedule here because off the top of my head, I want to say no, but God, they like they have a chance to win the division at this point. Right, so. the, the division is wide open, and that's the crazy part. They are currently they have it's crazy, but it's not they play the they play at the Packers, at the Steelers versus the Bengals. I would say no. I think two of those games are – I think one of those games is a surefire loss because I'll tell you that Tyler Huntley has played better against Green Bay than Baker Mayfield will. Or Case Keenum. Or will. Case Keenum, yeah. Um, I think they probably have a solid chance to beat Pittsburgh, but I don't know, man. They're currently the eighth seed, so they're one, they're one spot out there. They're one game behind Baltimore for the division. But what, the Bengals are now in first place for the division as well. Are they? Is that is that up to date? I, I believe so. That's the from from what I've oh, heard last. Just kidding. My my page was not up to date when I wrote that. So fair enough. Yeah, yeah. The Bengals are definitely definitely winning that division. Yeah, like I said, Baltimore went from the two seed and winning their division to eight and six and the eight seed in the playoffs. Right? Yeah, they're seven and seven. So I guess that is a little bit of a stretch. I'm gonna pump the brakes just because, and they have all well. I just think the schedule's too tough because. The Packers are the Packers. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Tyler Huntley played better than Baker Mayfield will against that defense. Um, the Steelers are not a cakewalk game. I think no, they've been that. sneaky. Yeah, they've they been proved, tough. They, it's there is no such thing as a cakewalk game in this division. No, they, I, I think the only time there's ever been a cakewalk game is when the Browns were terrible. That was the cakewalk. Other than that, the Bengals and the Steelers and the Ravens for the last ten years, whether they are two and fourteen or they're fourteen and two, there's never been a such thing as a cakewalk game. For the Browns inside this division, so, and then they they finish here at the Bengals, who are going to be strong, trying to keep the division title. I was going to say to try to slip the wild card. They have a chance to hold out in this division right now. Yeah, so, the, this division is going to be wide open the next couple weeks. They, so. They're playing the the hottest team in NFL right now, if there is one, in the Green Bay Packers, and then they play two teams in division who still have a shot at the division title. Yeah, which is nuts. It's it's wide open, and like I said, the, as the when I when I think physically roster wise who should win the AFC North right now it is roster wise it's probably Cincinnati, C- 
Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, or maybe Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Mentally, it is Baltimore, Cincy, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Mentally, Cleveland is nowhere near ready to try to win a division. Yeah, which is scary. They the Lions care more about their wins right now at two eleven and one than the Browns do at seven and seven. Which is wild to say. Yeah. All right, next one I got. The 49ers could win a playoff game. What seed are they sitting at right now? Uh, they're in the playoffs right now. I, I thought they were. Um, I believe they are at least. I don't know. I'm, I'm questioning myself. because I still, I'm pretty sure they are. Because um, I think they won. The they're the sixth seed right now. So they play the three seed, which is probably going to be. Tampa Bay at the moment. Ugh. Could be Arizona, could be... But, yeah, who knows how it finishes out. Yeah. Who knows what the NFC East finish... NFC East finishing out with their three straight division games for two of the teams. I think it's possible. Um, Obviously, it all comes down to matchups. I think they could beat Dallas. Um, I think they could beat Tampa Bay. Could. I wouldn't bet on it. Um, if Green Bay doesn't take the one seed for some reason, I don't think they take Green Bay down. No, I don't think Lambeau. they take Green Bay. I don't think they. I think they could beat the Cardinals. I think they could beat the Card- I think they could beat the Rams too. Honestly, yeah. Um, the the Niners are not a team that I want to play because the issue is, is like I said, I don't think they beat Green Bay. But you look at the next four teams. I think they could beat Dallas. They're sliding. Tampa is now sliding, dealing with injury issues. The other two teams are division rivals, which. Anytime you play a third game against a team in a year, you have a solid shot. Both teams do. I didn't buy that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a hot commodity this offseason. I think he's playing, slowly playing his way into a, like, he has a good chance of being a starter on a team next year. I don't know where. New Orleans. Carolina. Carolina. Ugh. I don't know if Carolina goes back Denver. to. <laughs> I, I don't know if either one of those teams goes back to the veteran market. They might. I mean. I, I mean, that's the thing is that all the likely spots are spots that I think have failed that experiment this yeah. season. I think he might be just a tier above those other guys. He's like on that Kirk Cousins level. It also at least. depends on how real is the the Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. I think we all know how real Deshaun Watson's rumors are, but I always Pete thought- Carroll gets canned and Aaron Rodgers decides he's happy in Green Bay. Watson's the only guy, and now it becomes a lot more likely. If the Seahawks decide to stick with Pete Carroll. I always thought that that makes so much sense for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a great spot for him to be in, is Seattle. Seattle. They like to run the ball first, so it would fit more of that offensive scheme that Pete Carroll wants to go with. Who runs the ball more than San Francisco? Nobody. That's why I think this is actually the best spot for him. But I don't – I mean, you spent – Send him to Indy. You sent him a top three, right? Yeah, that's, I don't think that'll happen. Nah, no. Nah. Carson Wentz is playing too well. You spent a top three pick on a guy; he's got to play next year. There's no shot that they keep Jimmy Garoppolo around. You got to send him off and just let Trey Lance be known that this is his team. Agreed. I'm surprised that didn't happen already. To be honest with you, but I think I think they've played their cards right. Honestly, yeah. if I had to look at how their season has played out at the beginning of the year, I'd be like, yep. You let Jimmy build you up. You let Jimmy get you to the playoffs. He will ultimately be the reason why you lose a playoff game, and the fan base and everybody will be fine with sending him out the door at that point. Whereas you start Lance, he struggles. Now everyone's calling for Jimmy. And yeah, I think you you let – it's honestly, it's picture-perfect planning. You let Jimmy build you to the playoffs. You let him be the reason you lose, and now you have the reason to kick him out the kick door. Kick him out the door. And no one has any 
any fault. And you're going to get something back for him. I don't know if you get the second round pick that you sent for him. It's tough just because of his contract more than anything. I, yeah, I don't think his contract's that bad. I mean, he was once the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, but that was four years ago, it's, three years it's ago. Like Twenty-seven million still. I'm pretty sure. I thought. Yeah, but that's a steal by today. Patrick Mahomes is getting forty-five million. Patrick Mahomes is a lot better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but how many guys are you going to get at that twenty-five? That twenty-five to thirty mark 30, right now. I think he's only got a year left too, and he's got a year left. So if he plays well, and you can keep him at the same. He he is a he's one of those quarterbacks that I think that that level of quarterback is going to make a reappearance. Because I think the days of like, oh, Jimmy G's on the market so he's going to get 45 or 50 million, I think those days are long over, right? Like, I think it's I, I don't think he's in that window. I he's not in that window right now, but I'm for example, the Kirk Cousins window, the Jimmy G when he first hit that mark when they gave him that big extension. I think those days are over. Paying like I don't think Jared got well. He already kind of got that big contract, but he did my, already. Yeah. My point being is I don't think middle tier quarterbacks are going to get big contracts anymore. So I think guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, who maybe get paid fifteen twenty million, become a little bit more relevant. So here's my question: mm-hmm. Does Baker Mayfield get that middle of the road deal? So here's the thing: is if the Browns can get him to take it, it's a win. If they can't, they gotta let him go. You don't. You don't. What is the max? Like, if you're going into contract negotiations, you have a window. What is the ceiling? You're like, I am not giving Baker Mayfield more than this much. Thirty million. Thirty. I could. I would agree with that. It's I'd probably in that range. Right. Twenty five. Thirty. Something. I, like. I think. I think thirty is the realistic window. Personally, I'd like to be closer to the twenty five million. I would agree, but I think you're hard pressed to try to get him to accept a deal at twenty five. I. I don't think he would take it. And but. If if you have to decide how you're going to build your team, right? Like, and it depends on what philosophy I'm using. If I'm the Browns, right? So if I'm the Browns, I, you have given him everything. There is quite literally nothing more he could ask for. So I'm not re-signing him because if I pay him a little bit, if I pay him a lot, that team can't get much better around said, him. That is that is always and will always be the number one thing that is should be brought up come contract time is what else do you need? Right. Top ten O line, best one two run you know, best one two punch out of the backfield you could ask for. We paid Austin Hooper ten million a year. We still have David Njoku. You had Odell. You have Jarvis Landry. The weapons I think did get a little bit overrated. Yeah, they're overrated, but, but- you had names, if nothing else. Like they're like Odell was once a top five receiver. Austin Hooper did have a top five. You can't tight year. look at the Browns roster the last two years and and say okay, that's Odell. not that's not a playoff team because mm-hmm. it's definitely a playoff level roster at minimum. Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, right? They drafted Greg Newsome. Like you have guys. Yes. So for me, I've gone okay. This isn't good enough to win. Can I? put more around him what are the what is the realistic possibility we put more around him and i and i but that's quite literally where the rams got to that point of like we have given him brandon cooks cooper cup robert woods we have given him you know as much as we humanly possibly can you know we had todd Gurley, cj henderson or cj anderson who played great for a season Aaron so Donald, Jalen Ramsey there. like we we can't put more around him nope. and if that's not good enough to win we have to change direction. So if I'm the Browns, I, I'm a firm believer. Somebody's eventually going to get the gall to do it. I don't know if it's the Browns. 
Somebody's got to. I think have the, the Browns are the ones that make the dumb move and give them forty-five. Right, and it's an awful deal. Even if you give them forty million, but here's the thing: I think they're in a unique spot where even if Baker hits the open market, I don't know how much he's going to command. I don't know how many teams. Let's say so he's he'll be on his fifth year next year, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah he'll be on his fifth year next year. So let's say he plays same level he played to this year. What team's going to go out there and even offer? You know, he's going to have no leverage. Nobody's going to offer him that kind of money. Well, I think I mean I d- not not forty forty five no no. But I don't Jimmy think Garoppolo is getting the twenty fifteen twenty. I think Baker definitely gets fifteen twenty. Yeah. And I don't, but I yeah. And again, if I'm the Baker Browns, twenty five thirty at least at that point. He I, he becomes a bridge, maybe a backup guy potentially. I'm not saying it happens. I'm saying I'm saying there's a chance that he ends up like a Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater kind of guy a big what if guy a big what if you know floats around a little bit i don't know i'm calling green bay hey i got baker mayfield and two first round picks man what do you there's no on? shot they take that if 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 green bay gets rid of aaron Rodgers, it's because jordan love is the guy i don't think that's the case at this point either though i'm not saying and it I is i don't know if you want to blow up that you can't blow up a team that's that's good either that's the issue you got to have a hell of a lot of pride it, you put like that is the situation that makes the most sense because we, you're like, what else can you put around him? Uh, maybe the best receiver in the top five running back. Maybe right. else you put around him and AJ Dillon, who's creeping into the top twenty, top fifteen at this point as well. But so all the, you're basically just copying and pasting what you had in Cleveland with, like, and we said the weapons are overrated. Devontae Adams ain't overrated. I'll tell you that. No, but, but again, a better wide receiver, but a worse running back. That core. is the worst case scenario for green bay at that point because that means that aaron no. Rodgers wants out and there's nothing you could do about there's it. no way green bay takes baker mayfield back i promise you i don't know because i don't know if jordan loves the guy but i don't think that's a team you're willing to like well let's draft a guy and develop him so here here's the god's honest truth here the way it's going to be going forward is like the jared goff situation the lions got an extra first round pick because they took the jared goff contract yeah it's going to be and what is Houston said over and over again? We don't want a quarterback back. We don't want to. Uh, we don't want your leftovers. We don't want someone you don't want, right? Like there's a reason you're trying to get rid of them for our guy, right? We have somebody who's dynamic and you don't, and you want our guy. So we don't want your garbage back. And if we take it, you're going to give us more compensation for taking it, right? So fair enough. I think that might be an attitude going forward for these teams when they're trading away quarterbacks or you know because they're they're going we don't i don't i don't want your guy back i I think that's it's true but also at the same time i think green bay has to look within and be like yes that is a solid mindset and i agree wholeheartedly but the texans don't have a top 10 defense a top 5-0 line air yes you know aaron jones Devontae adams so let me give let me give you this scenario the the Cleveland Browns end up with like the fifteenth or sixteenth pick, right? Would you take the extra first round pick or Baker Mayfield? And let me explain why. But go ahead and answer, and I'll explain to you why the first the extra first round pick so, is so better. So what's the offer? Like two so, first rounders in the future and so, Baker. So two first at Baker or three first future first rounders. So so two first rounders at Baker or pick fifteen and the two first rounders. Yeah, in the future. Yep. With Baker on, like, right, and honestly, I would probably take Baker because I don't know how I feel about this other quarter. Like I said, if this roster wasn't so damn ready to win, right? like, and I'm I'm resetting for a year with Baker, 
let's not even say it's this year. Let's say it's next year and it's the same situation. Mm. I don't even know. We don't even know who the quarterback candidates are coming out. It's purely the only reason I take it at that point is because I have Baker for a year. And if it doesn't pan out, I still have the two first rounders. And I like Baker than I like any of these other quarterbacks. Say 15 or one. So, and here's why I disagree with you. So I'll, I'll take the 15th, my pick, package it up, get into the top 10. Heck, maybe you maybe you can sneak into the top six, six, five, six, somewhere in there. You probably get round five or six. I would rather roll the guy dice on a Kenny Pickett on and on one, any of these guys on the off chance that they are more dynamic than Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Because right now you have Jordan Love, who's not dynamic, not special. Or you can get Baker Mayfield, who's not dynamic and special. At know. least with those guys, you don't know what you are. And I know you don't love them right now, but I, it doesn't matter. because The next four months studying, you might. Because this offense is great with Aaron Rodgers in it. You subtract him out of the equation. I'm, I'm, Devontae Adams is a dude, but how good is he going to mesh with Baker Mayfield? You have no idea. Yeah, I, How I well know. does that running back core when there's eight guys in the box, right? Like, how good is that? Because Aaron Rodgers has the threat of making a special play going over the top, so it keeps the box open so the run game can be dynamic. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to consider here. I don't take Baker Mayfield back in that deal. I don't know. Despite as bad as he's been and me being a Ravens fan, watching him the second most out of any franchise outside of the Browns, I don't know. I still have hope for him. I I, I just I, – I don't understand – why he is the biggest question mark of like why didn't it work i want i i can't for the life of me figure it out if i'm I'm i've never wanted a guy to succeed more and i've never been and i've been more disappointed but like i'm just as disappointed but i'm i'm more disappointed because i don't know why yeah you know what i'm saying like there's been guys that have disappointed me but i'm like well the arm talent wasn't as good as we thought yeah he relies on his legs too much he got hurt this is like perfect situation. You and you're just I. What's missing? I don't know what's missing. If I'm Cleveland, here's the thing: is I'm playing his fifth year out, and if I get a similar season to this one or worse, I'm I'm thinking about dumping him. It's if if let's say he risky. goes out and has a great season, franchise tag him. You're, I got it. I was like, I gotta see it for a second. Year. I gotta see it for a second year. So they're in a spot. You are you're boned if he plays well next year. That's the thing that I'm terrified of. Well, you can franchise tag him and see, and then if he plays great for two years, maybe you're less hesitant about giving him that contract. Fair enough, yeah. But, yeah, by no means is – I don't – I mean, if they do, I mean, welcome to being the Cleveland Browns again, boys, because that's going to be – yeah. For this, my, my last bullet point, I'll try to leave this on a positive note. For for everything else, if if it all is over for Baker in Cleveland, whether it's this offseason, next offseason, maybe they tag him and it's over the next offseason, whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, in my mind, will always be the guy that pulled Cleveland out of the cellar. Even if it was for a four-year stretch and they go back. Oh, yeah. There is There was a, a void of 20 years where yeah. Cleveland football was as irrelevant as it ever has been. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, they build the team up around him, and the, yeah, yeah, that was the guy that captured totally, the ship. Totally get that. Yeah, Mark Sanchez did that for the Jets, and the only yeah. thing he's remembered for is the goddamn butt fumble. So That's true. Baker doesn't have his butt fumble. He doesn't. Yet. yet. There is time. 
Yeah. There's time. Like that, to me, this is like, and I like to relate things back to things we've seen, right? History always repeats itself, and we, we tend to see things for a second time. And, uh, yeah, he it kind of feels like Mark, Mark Sanchez-esque. That sucks. We've compared a lot to that, that era of the Jets for some reason yeah. today. but I think it's relatable. It is. It feels, it the feels, team that you want to pan out just never did. Yeah. And you looked at that team. They signed San Antonio Holmes. And you're like, oh, it's kind of like OBJ. And then it really didn't pan out. And they signed LT, this veteran running back. And it didn't really work out. And it's like, who knows if Nick Chubb works out in the long run. You know what I mean? Running backs have been, and he's been hurt. You know, it's, it's so hard. Running to, backs in general. Yeah, it's so hard to see kind of what it'll be. A dynamic, like, top five defensive player in the league. They had Darrell Revis. The Browns have Miles Garrett. So it's it's tough to sit here and say, you know, what the solution is. But, yeah, this year I would say being disappointing is an understatement. I think it's been extreme. For how open, because you know what? Next year Baltimore is going to be healthier. You're not going to get this two years in a row out of Baltimore. So Joe, that, Burrow, Joe Burrow's only going to get better. He's only going to get better, and they're going to be able to add, you know, another weapon, another offensive tackle, make that defense better in some way, shape, or form. You know, you look around and you're like, maybe the only team trending down with you is the Pittsburgh Steelers, just because. And the issue is with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have Mike Tomlin. You don't. You don't, right? You have Kevin Stefanski, who's a, I mean, solid, great. It's hard to say because he's had fifteen. He's had one year where he overperformed, and then another year where they underperformed. That's the, the the story of the Cleveland Browns. Baker's rookie year overperform, his sophomore season underperform, his third year overperform. Now in his fourth year underperforming. It's like just just meet expectations. At least try to. All right, we need to move on. We spent way too much time talking. That about was that. that was good conversation though. I'm okay with that. Okay. The best defense could win the AFC. Ooh. I'm not going to punt the brakes here. Um, I'm looking at... When I say best defense, I mean best schemed. Not, mm-hmm. I give two shits about how talented you are. I think that is bottom line. I think the Patriots defense, being able to... If they are able to take away a Colts run game, if they are able to fluster a young Joe Burrow, a young Justin Herbert, if they can make Patrick Mahomes make the same mistakes that he did, or if they could just make the Chiefs pop every ball up into the air like they have been all year. Patrick Mahomes hasn't played great. There's been some hero ball played. He's thrown some picks that are ugly, but make no mistake about it that also a lot of his picks have been at the hands of his receivers. They have been about as dependable as they were in the Super Bowl last year, and we all know how dependable that was. Um, I do think defense kind of runs this. Um in the AFC because there's not a runaway candidate. Aaron Rodgers doesn't play in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes is the only exception to that because obviously he can he'll pick you apart regardless. The 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 thing is that's interesting to me is the Chiefs are the defense has been arguably better this year than the offense has been. You look at a lot of these teams and outside of some of just the unknowns, right? Chargers offense has been very hit or miss. The Bengals offense has been very hit or miss. But the Patriots have a really strong defense. The Colts have a really strong defense. So it might be one of those games where you lose to a wild card team because their defense is just better than you. And right now, that's my biggest holdback on Buffalo is they can't, like, the Patriots not being able to stop Jonathan Taylor doesn't really bug me because Jonathan Taylor is 
dynamic and special. He's been arguably the best running back in football this year. Bills can't stop anybody from running the football. Which makes no sense. Which it's just wild. You know, one of the me. better run stopping football teams last year. You have Ed Oliver in the middle. I've beefed the edge rush by drafting Gregory Rousseau. Jerry Hughes is still there. I have Matt Milano in the box. I have Tremaine Edmonds in the box. I have probably the best safety duo in the entire league. I have Tredavious White at corner. This is a star-studded defense. Now, they've been banged up here and there. Tredavious White's missed games. Yeah. But the fact that they can't stop the run is mind-boggling to me. Yeah. It's it's the same thing with Baker. I'm like, where is it going wrong? I don't know. So you look at a lot of these teams in in the AFC, and you go, yeah, they're pretty pretty reliant on the defense so it could be one of those seasons where a lot of it comes down comes down to how the defense is played which team can hold you to 10 points instead of 17 right yeah that one extra you know which team can get that extra pick extra pick extra possession you know it could it could matter Mm -hmm. home field this year i feel like is also going to matter a lot i would agree all right next one we got this is the best nfl season ever I would agree. I I can't ever remember so many teams still being in the hunt for the playoffs. I can't remember the time where there wasn't like a that team's going to the Super Bowl, not a doubt. I yeah, I have no idea who's coming out of the NFC, the AFC. I don't I you know each team has its issues and also each team has its pluses obviously. We're Positive 4 weeks issues. out and I would say maybe one or two divisions in each conference is wrapped up and that's it maybe. Green Bay is the only team I believe that has clinched a division unless the Rams just did. They did just close the game against the Seahawks. No, they can't cuz the they Cardinals can't, are also the Cardinals, yeah. Very too good, very too good. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if any team is like fully clinched but yeah, it'll be it, it's it's pretty wide open, honestly, for what this year is. And been. I think a lot of people were saying that like this was going to be the best year of football because it was going to be the longest. They're like, oh, an extra game, which you know, obviously, everybody's like records are going to be broken. Cooper Cup passed Isaac Bruce for the franchise record for most receptions. There's talks he may break Jerry Rice's receiving record this year, which is insanity to think about. Um, he possibly could have two thousand receiving yards. So, like, it's been a fun one statistically, individually, and overall, team-wise. It's yeah. just the ups and downs. The race in the NFC least is going to be crazy. The NFC West has been good. The AFC North has been good. The AFC West has provided its qualms. The Patriots are winning football again. Yeah. The Packers are dominating as usual. That's been kind of the only one that's normal. Detroit's... As bad as they always are, but somehow they're winning football games late against late in really the good season. football teams. And it makes I'm like I care about I care about Detroit football all of a sudden, right? I'm like, they, what is happening? They are no like people were probably circling them early on and being like easy win late in the season. Not anymore. Like they just beat one of the arguably one of the best teams in football. It's right to now. the point where like I see Detroit on my schedule the last three weeks, and I'm I wouldn't say I'm scared, but in in terms of is this a trap game? That's probably the biggest trap game of the ball right now. Right it's, now, there's five teams eliminated from playoff contention. It's the Jags, Texans, Jets in the AFC, the Bears, and the Lions in the NFC. Mm-hmm. The Giants could still make the playoffs at 4-10, and 10, which is absolutely <laughs> insane Insanity. that it's not over for them yet. I Are mean, they the, the lowest win team? Still have a chance to make it. Yeah, they're four and ten. I don't know how the Bears are eliminated at four and ten, but they're the Bears not. just got bounced this last weekend with the loss of the Vikings. The Eagles are one game out of the playoffs right now. Minnesota's in the playoffs. Like it's they just, just lost to the Vikings. They just lost to the Lions two weeks ago. Right. 
they're in the playoffs. It's crazy. It is absolutely insane. And I would agree. It's been the best year of football in, in recent memory, at least. For for the next one I got, I'm going to pose this one as a question rather than like a statement that you re- react to. Mm-hmm. If you're the Jags, are you taking offense or defense with a first overall pick? Most likely the first overall pick. If they were to get one. Um, the two DNs are the most talked about right now, one and two. It's very tough. But in general, let's say there's a, a tackle up there. Like, what would your philosophy be? Would you... If I have the number one overall pick, and there's like there's the generational talent at any position, which position am I drafting? Mm-hmm. I am going running back. No, that's a joke. Oh, okay, um, they did like, that Whoa. last year. <laughs> they checked the box last year. Yeah, that me. didn't work out. Um, I am most likely going tackle. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Protect the investment, man. You have you. Now I'm not reaching because the talent is there at defensive end. I know how talented. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau are. And we could definitely use the juice to the pass rush on the other side of the ball. But I do have Josh Allen, who's been an animal all year. It's not a necessity. Yeah. So if I can not reach by more than, you know, five spots or so and protect my last year's number one overall pick, I am 100% taking I'm doing what I should have done instead of drafting Travis Etienne last year. Can you imagine if they would have taken, like, Tevin Jenkins at 25 and then they then they double down and take another tackle this year, or it frees you up. Now you can go take the defensive end. You don't have to worry about it and have a a big duo on that 100%. opposite side of the yeah, ball. I, yeah, it just uh, it was really weird because I saw more teams make the right move, but also the team that needed to make the move more than any team was the team that took Trevor Lawrence and they didn't do it. Yeah, Justin Fields got a tackle in the first two rounds. Tevin Jenkins went in the second round. He's been great. Elijah Vera Tucker. Zach Wilson got his guy, his guard slash tackle. He could do it all on the Jets' offensive line. The Chargers went and invested in Rayshon Slater. He's been a stud for yeah. Justin Herbert. The Lions don't even have an effing quarterback yet. They <laughs> took Penny Sewell to protect Jared Goff going forward. And it's worked out pretty decently. He's he played. hasn't, I believe he's allowed one sack all year. And he's, they flipped him from left to right. I know. Which I been, don't understand why they moved him to right tackle ever. But He's dude. been hurt a lot, too. Well, yeah, they Taylor Decker became healthy, and they're like, oh, he's our left tackle. I was like, you better fucking slide Taylor Decker's ass over there and make that guy your franchise left tackle. I think the exception of the rule of taking a weapon over like a defensive guy or offensive line was last year where Joe Burrow was like, this is my guy. We played college ball we together. Played college ball. We, we put together one of the greatest college football seasons of all time together. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those moments where it was, yeah, you, you have to go out and get that guy's guy. Like, you just have to do it. That was the only exception, and I didn't think it was right. I've been proven wrong since. Very much so wrong. All right, we have killed so much time. Where are we at? We're at 90 minutes already. Um, huh? Eh. We don't have that much NBA to talk worse. about. It's been worse. It has been. <laughs> um, games for Week 15, 49ers and Titans. There is so much. Slug fest, man. There's a lot riding on this game. For the 49ers, it's the opportunity to stay in the playoffs. For the Titans, it's the opportunity to stay in the lead in the division because the Colts are coming up hot behind you. So there's a lot riding on this game. In the for AFC sure. right now, I think the norm for the next three weeks is what Baltimore has dealt with this last week where you can go from first in your division to the eight seed. Like that, that. yeah. Quick. I'm going to take the Niners in this game. Me too. 
Um, Which means the Titans are winning it. Agreed. But the uh, Titans haven't played well in a long time. Haven't played point. well. You're betting on. I, I don't like betting on either of these quarterbacks, so I'm going to bet on the coaches. And I love Mike Vrabel, and he's a good coach. But I'm taking Shanahan. Shanahan every all day, day of the week. And I'm taking George F. and Kittle. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> Browns Packers. Browns are still playing to you know stay in contention, and Packers are playing for that first playoff, the first seed. Light the fire. Baker Mayfield, I think, has been playing for a contract all year, and it's time for him to start playing like it. Um, obviously, the fifth-year option still has to come. He has a whole another year. The eyes have been on you all year, and yeah. you have drastically underperformed. Baltimore just pushed this team to a two-point conversion, arguably, to win the game. Had a chance. Basically, Baltimore was going to go to OT with this team. They had Tyler Huntley and a backup secondary. You just dealt with your COVID issues. You should be healthy for this game. Mm-hmm. You better keep it close. If this game is decided by more than two touchdowns, it is not a good look. I think Morally, it will be. Mentally, I think it will be too. But I think that is it is going to kill that team's morale. I like the Packers here. They, they're playing for a lot. They're the hot team, whereas the Browns If are, there was a team that I had to pick to make the Super Bowl, the, the Packers are the one that the I want to pick right now. And I think, again, like I, we talked about this two weeks ago, there is very – like home field advantage exists this year. Playing yes. in Arrowhead is huge for the Chiefs. Yes. And we all know what the weather like is in Lambeau in January. Yeah, Lambeau. Not, fun, not a fun place to be. You really don't want to go to Gillette either in January. Agreed. So um, – Next game I got, Colts-Cardinals. I'm going to go with the upset here. I like the Colts here. They feel like a hot team. They're riding, you know, kind of coming off a wave after beating the Patriots. They just beat the number one in the AFC, and the Colts just – or and the Cardinals just fell to the bottom seed. In the yeah. So the question becomes here is, do the Cardinals stop the slide or do they continue it, really, is what this game comes down to. Are you to. betting for a bounce back or for a continuation? Yeah. Um – I'm mad you picked the Colts because I wanted to pick the Colts too. Um, I'm going to take the Cardinals here. Um, my gut says the Colts. But for some reason, I have a feeling this Cardinals defense is going to come up. And I don't think they're going to stop Jonathan Taylor by any stretch of the imagination. But I think this team is good enough to keep it close late. I think it could be interesting. They're going to force the ball into Carson Wentz's. I think they do what New England wanted to. And they don't stop Jonathan Taylor by any stretch, but I believe that they're going to force errors. I see a one to two interception game from Carson Wentz here. The reason that I think think your mindset is close to right, I think the thing you're missing, is I think the Cardinals' offense has enough dynamic firepower to – force it to be a high scoring game and in that case they're gonna have to throw the ball yeah yeah and if you're gonna force like they're not gonna force Carson Wentz to throw the ball because of their defense it's gonna be because of their offense this this team could go up by 10 points very quickly and then all of a sudden Carson Wentz is not in a very comfortable spot where he's got to throw the ball agreed um Ravens versus Bengals man um Lamar should be healthy. Should. Um, I'm still going Cincy here. Um, it's been an ugly end of the year. And 
Baltimore will keep it close. I'll tell you that much. I think they could uh, they could trot Justin Tucker out as a starting quarterback for the entire game, and this game will come down like nine six nine six. I I like the Bengals here too. Um, I don't. I just don't. I think the Ravens are so depleted, and they tried to make it stretch through the early in the begin middle part of the season, and it just feels like it's run out of gas. Make no mistake, it will be a slugfest. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game. Proved. No matter who's putting that purple jersey on, at the end of the day, there, there, no blowouts are to be had in Baltimore. Whether they are on the winning side or the losing side, games do not be decided by more than a touchdown this year. I'm gonna go look. I'll tell you how many games have been decided by more than a touchdown when it comes to Baltimore. I think the one off the top of my head is, um, since the last time we played, actually, um, so. You have the six-point loss to the Raiders. You have a one-point win against the Chiefs. Two over the Lions. They did blow out the Broncos 23-7, but not huge. Six-point win over the Colts. They did blow out the Chargers 34-6. I forgot about that. Bengals 41-17. By far and away the ugliest loss of the year. And that was one since he was hot. People were talking about him being the and that was, one seed in the AFC. And that was also right after Baltimore knocked off the other hot team in the AFC in the Chargers. The three-point win in OT against the Vikings. A 12-point loss to the Dolphins. Three-point win against the Bears. Six-point win against the Browns. And then the ever-so-ugly one-point loss to the Steelers. Two-point loss to the Browns. One-point loss to the Packers. When you look at their combined last five games, they have lost by five points, and the two before that they won by nine points. Jeesh. So they're they're three and two in their last five with a point differential of plus six. Six. Nuts. Yeah, that is that is crazy. That is that is absolutely insane. Actually, um, I yeah, I think I think all of these games are going to be good. There's going to be a lot of meaningful football played in these last couple weeks. So yeah. if you're someone who normally tunes out the end of the season, don't be this year. We didn't even talk about the NFC East. There's going to be a lot of one o'clock games on a Saturday or on a Sunday that are going to matter. Um, Thursday night football might even matter now. Yeah, because we all know that they love putting the NFC East on Thursday night. Thursday night football, um, Pats versus Bills is another close one. I, I, I'm so torn here. I feel like the Patriots want to make a comeback, a bounce back win. It'll be in Buffalo this time, I believe, if I'm remembering yeah, correctly. It was in Gillette last week. It was in Gillette last two time, ago. two weeks ago. So I think it being in Buffalo is going to be make it interesting. I don't know what the weather's supposed to be. I know normally it's pretty snowy in in that part of upstate New York and western New York there. Um, I think it's very weather dependent. I think if it's cold and snowy, I think the Patriots have that advantage again. I think if conditions are, you know, 40s, low wind, it might be a game for the Bills to come back and make a statement win and just say pow. Um so I don't know. This is this is going to be a tough game. This might be it's one of those games where I'm scared to pick Patriots for you because I feel like we both pick Patriots and they lose. Lose. I I really want to pick Bills here just because I feel like they have more to come out and prove than the Patriots do right now. I would agree. But I don't think that that loss with the Colts is going to sit very well. Bill Belichick very rarely loses back to back games, and it's super rare for him to lose coming off a bye like he did against the Colts. That's like super, super rare. Yeah, good coaches don't lose after bye weeks. Yeah, but to be fair, the Colts were also coming off a bye week, so it was kind of like a scratch when it comes to bye weeks there. Very, very weird situation. It, yeah, it's not like you have the advantage there. So 
I don't know. I, I think this game could go either way. I really don't want to pick. If you're going to force my hand, I'd pick Buffalo. I'm going to I'm gonna run with New England. New England? Okay. I, I, like I said, I'm going to bet on the coach in the long run. All right. That's, Billy B. that's all we got as um, far as NFL goes. You know, we got a little bit time to talk about uh, the NBA, you know, 15 minutes or so. Bring it on. All right. Um, first headline we have is Kyrie comes back. So Kyrie's back for part-time. Yeah. He will play in all away games. He will be allowed to practice with the team at home. I think that was another one that when we talked about it last week, of it being a potential scenario, like the day the episode came out, I think is where the day after is when they announced that Kyrie uh, is going to play. I don't know. For the Nets, I think it makes too much sense. I think it's weird if he's allowed to practice at home why he can't play games at home. I guess maybe with the fans and everything being in the building. Well, they don't play in New York City. That's very true. Or, I'm sorry, they don't practice in New York City. So the rules are with inside the city limits. So with him, with them practice, I believe they practice in New Jersey. Um, so I think with him being able to practice, it makes a big difference. Fair enough. Yeah, obviously, I mean, James Harden and Kevin Durant have been getting it done by themselves. Yeah. So far, I think adding Kyrie is only going to help, obviously. And I think it just makes it tougher when the Nets come to town. It'll there's make no mistake, there will be a rough patch. There always is. I think it's better for this them to do this now than them to make this you know p- p- you know this decision in the playoffs because there will be a five game road stand where you'll see them go one and four, oh and five mm-hmm. even because. The chemistry's all off. Yeah, the the chemistry off the court is well, you know, rarely changes. But on the court, these two guys have gelled very well. Kevin Durant and James Harden have found the rhythm. Adding Kyrie Irving, as much as it makes you better on paper, there's a learning curve that you have to fight your way through. Well, and Kyrie is mainly a primary ball in a hand kind of guy, and so all three of them are. All three of them are. So. When you've kind of found that balance with one of the other guys, it, and then you throw him back in there, so now you got to kind of find a new balance of who's going to take it up when, and you know, it's it becomes interesting to say the least. And I think all three of those guys like each other enough to keep egos aside. I think it'll work. I don't. But I don't I think it'll be what, a problem. I think this is by far and away the most combustible team if they start losing. I, the biggest question I have is how is this going to work in the playoffs? Do you continue this when you get to the postseason? I don't know, man. I think you're hoping that him playing on road games makes, and then maybe he sees a couple bad home losses. That and this could also mess up your style at home because as much as there's a learning, a learning curve to you playing on the road and figuring out how to play with all three, then you have the inconsistency of having to go back every single time you're in Barclays. That guy is not putting a jersey on, right? So now you have to go back to the two man system that you just, you know. Went away Got from. yourself out of the groove yeah. of. Or just, yeah. And again, and I agree, in the playoffs it is going to be weird because you're going to play two games without him. And then, so say they're the one seed. So you play through, you know, you, you're you the one seed. You get two games at home. You go down 0-2, but then all of a sudden you're able to tie it back. You go to Boston and he's able to play for two games. And then, right. and then you're back at Brook. You know, it's, I don't know. It's it, gonna be weird. It's a weird. It's a weird dynamic. Welcome I, to twenty twenty one slash twenty twenty two. Shit gets weird. The biggest thing <laughs> that I'm honestly worried about is the whole ordeal is Steve Nash's ability to manage this situation. Because it. <laughs> Welcome to your first head coaching job, kid. <laughs> I know. 
And I don't think he's done. I didn't think he do it. He did a great job last year. Honestly, I, I thought he was rather disappointing. It felt like the team was being run by KD. Yeah. Which I normally don't have a problem with, but you don't hire a guy like Steve Nash to let a player run it. That you just hire some guy that nobody's ever heard of, and then you let the players run it. I don't understand the the move of hiring Steve Nash and then him not having control. It feels like he has better better control this year of the team. I just don't know how the hell you manage this situation. I think it's a next to impossible spot that he's been put in of trying to, you know, manage the egos of of all of this and then now the dynamics of not playing and playing. I don't know. It's just such a weird spot for Brooklyn to be in that I'm just imagining a finals like the worst case scenario for them is Golden State because then Kyrie can't play in any of the games whatsoever. Agreed, yeah. That would be that would be a bad again, and that's the thing. The Nets go down. Boy, you talk about splintering relationships. Right. The Nets lose the finals to the Warriors because Kyrie can't play a single game. Part of me wonders too if this whole thing isn't to do like be like, see, don't you miss basketball? Wouldn't it be cool this if you is, got the this vaccine? Exactly you do this now. He gets their all-star weekend. You think about it. You you play the road games, and then things are going well, and you're winning games, and then you see a couple bad home losses. The Warriors come to town. Right. You get blown out by 30. The Lakers visit. And it's a close game, but LeBron hits the buzzer beater. Or worse, Russell Westbrook hits a buzzer beater over your backup point guard. Oh, God. Patty like, Mills? Uh, you're like, I don't know, man. I agree. I th- I think this is the right move because it edges, you know, it it makes him make the decision. Like, okay, you're playing half the games now. And we know you love influencing the games. We're playing well. We're on a we're thirteen and zero in our last thirteen road games, but we're five and ten in our last home games. Right. You are the difference. And I think again, it's not even him thinking about it. It's KD starts to talk to him a little bit. James Harden, right? Fun on the road trips. Man, I'd love to get you back in Barclays. So let's let, going off of that. Let's talk about the Russell Westbrook trade rumors. I don't know why we didn't talk about this last time. I think it must have just slipped our radar. I thought we kind of briefly mentioned it. As Did we? The Kyrie Russ swap would. No, I, we were it, talking about Ben Simmons. Mm, yeah, that's true. It was Kyrie. Kyrie for Ben. I I don't know. I don't. Here's the thing: is I don't blame them for going. Okay, we tried this and it's not working. I could have told you it wasn't going to work. I don't know. I kind of like the the fit I, on paper makes sense. I think it's the exact. I think the fit on paper was fucking horrible. I love Russell Westbrook. He's a great player. But when I looked, so I look at those two guys, I look at AD and Russ, or AD and Braun, I'm like, this team needs shooters. That mm-hmm. is, hey, yeah, guess yeah. what? It always needs LeBron shooters. Braun F and James, that's the MO, put shooters around him, it works. Yeah. And they're like, who are we going to go trade for? The fucking point guard that struggles to shoot threes efficiently. Let me, here, here would be my defense to it. Is you looked at this team on paper, you said, wow, it's old. We need somebody who's going to bring high energy bring a lot of minutes to it. And like, so that's why I thought this was perfect because you end up with a top three seed because Russell Westbrook is able to go out there when AD's hurt. Cause he's hurt all the time. I was like, I'm curious to see now AD's down officially for a couple weeks. I, the move looks better. I think now because you Russell Westbrook is going to have more opportunity to be the guy. I mean, he's going to win you games. He's going to lose you games. That's the thing about him. That is, that's always the MO of Russell Westbrook. But I, I look at this team compared to what they gave. I mean, they didn't really give up a ton, honestly, for, for Westbrook. But you look at this team with right now without Anthony Davis, and you go, okay, Westbrook can be a heavy minutes guy and carry him. You know, 
here's the thing is it's the reason that it's failing is they're not a top five seed, you know, or a top three seed right now. Yeah, that I think that's the ever that is the LeBron James debacle. Well, you're not uh, twelve games ahead is the one seed, so this is a failed experiment. Right. Well, that's that's the thing is if 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 I'm the Lakers. And I'm in a spot where where are they right now? They're the seventh seed. So if they're the top three, this is looks genius, right? Yeah. Because yeah, you get home court advantage for most, if not all, of the playoffs. You're putting you know you're putting yourselves in a good position when it comes to playoff team. You can rest you know AD. You can rest LeBron when you you know when possible. Things like that come into the playoffs fully healthy. But the problem is now is you're probably going to still be a six or seven seed and have to play in the play-in games and deal with all that nonsense. So I don't know. They've worked themselves into a corner because I also think it's very weird to try to trade Russ to this point. What do you get? Like, what is the? That's the other thing I've kind of wondered. You're, are you going to? You're not going to get a Bradley Beal. You could, but you probably have to give up more at that point. I don't think you're willing to sacrifice depth at this point. Either. Yeah, you can't give up depth. Like, well, yeah, I don't. I mean, what do you get back? Younger? What do you? Ben Simmons, ben, which is just a six ten. I don't think they the do that deal. Do they? There's no way. If you're Philadelphia, you take Russell. It's one of those. It's one of those deals where you're like, which side has to add? Lakers, hundred percent. You think the Lakers do hundred percent? Yeah. What do you get out of Russell that's so much better right now for the 76er team? He'll play basketball in Philadelphia. (laughs) That's true. I know that's a very small thing, but... I don't think it makes any sense. I really don't. It also comes down to what are the other offers on the table at that point. I mean, if Russ is the only thing that comes around come All-Star break... I don't think he will. Are you going to sit this whole... like? Are you really willing to just sit on this Ben Simmons thing for this effing long? I don't. Yeah, the trade deadline comes and goes, and that's the only trade offer on the table. Are you willing to sit a whole another four months and wait to the offseason to move this guy? I think I am. If I'm Philly, I have nothing to gain and nothing to lose by it. Yeah, again, it's a very weird spot. I have no idea. Actually, that's a lie. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Ben Simmons is young. He's an up and comer. He's a great defender. Great rebounder. A team is going to stick him at power forward, man, and I promise you it's going to work. I don't know. Maybe it's a three-way trade that ends up you know, making something happen here. I, I don't know. I have no idea what the answer is. I don't look at any team and go, yep, I'm trading for Russell Westbrook. Except the New York Knicks. Ooh. The problem is, I was like, like, what the hell do you give up? What do we give up? I, you can't. I mean, RJ Barrett. Of- yeah. I wouldn't say failed first round picks, but like disappointing. Not success. Not success stories. No, no. Obi Toppin. Nee. Obi Toppin's. I, I mean, it's too early to to make an, an announcement. It's on just. Obi it's, Toppin. it's also very weird because he's not starting. Like, R.J. Barrett this year has regressed greatly, and that's been very disappointing. I th- I I loved R.J. coming out, and I think the biggest thing is people ask me, they're like, "What do you think of R.J.?" and I'm like being a Knicks fan originally and it's I, I just every, pick a side dude I'm so tired of you being a heat slash Knicks I, slash... I think I am a Knicks fan I think I'm back okay to be honest I just I just need to I just need you to be whatever it's gonna, side of... it's gonna kill Bryce to hear it and it's gonna be surprising to a lot of guys but I, I think just I'm need back. you to be on one side of the fence I've refollowed them on Twitter and Instagram I was hoping somebody would be like oh, oh? <laughs> I was waiting for the reporters to break the story they didn't for some reason yeah I'm shocked that that didn't come um out. The thing with RJ is that, like, he has the mentality of a top player, but he'd know, like, I remember watching a game where in Ohio for the draft, and I was watching a game where on the way back from the draft, or somewhere, going back to Bryce's apartment, and I had the game on my phone, 
And they're like, what do you think of RJ? They were talking to me about the game. And I saw he, or maybe this wasn't the draft. I don't remember when this was. Maybe it was a clip. I don't know. But they're playing somebody. And, or they're playing the Suns. Devin Booker has the ball. And somebody was guarding, I think D-Rose, somebody was guarding him. And he comes up behind and, like, calls for the switch. He's like, I got him. I got him. That's something that a top player does. That's a that's a Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook, Kobe Bryant type move. Like, right. I'm the top defender on this team. I'm gonna t- That's their top offensive guy. I want him. Give me the island. And then Devin Booker just absolutely fucking destroyed him. Like, right. Little whoop-de-doo spin post-fade just killed him off the glass. And I was like, that's the issue. Is that he has the, the mentality, and I like the way that he's calling the shots, but he, he is not following through on them. So, so the problem with him last year is last year needed to be a stepping stone, not the ceiling. Agreed. So let's let's this year um, shooting forty percent free throw or field goal percentage, not bad, not great Could be a either. Lot better. This year from three point, he's dropped back down to thirty five percent versus last year shooting forty percent. Not really what you like to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then defensively this year too, it's been rather disappointing. Off to a slow start when it comes to that. I don't know. It's just it. You wanted it to work out. You really do, right? Like, I'll tell you what, he's going to be one of the higher level role players in the league, but definitely disappointed for pick three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for like, the guy that got drafted after Zion and John Morant, that's rough. He hasn't had a season where he's averaged more than twenty points. His peak is seventeen and a half points a game. Like I said. I, For a role player, not awful, but that's a guy that's going to come off the bench and be like, in your that rotation. Is a, that is a stud for a rotational player, but not what you're looking for at pick three. And not for not for a guy that's averaging 35 minutes. Like, that production that's is awful. True. And not a guy that I'm willing to be not, – not a guy that I'm willing to receive as the key piece for a Russell Westbrook trade. I looked at his plus – what do you think his plus minus is? I was shocked when I pulled this up. It's negative, isn't it? Oh, it's negative. Negative 18? No. Is it worse? Negative 83. No, that's historically bad. Oh, that's in the previous game. Okay, that is okay, not, yeah. that not for the season. Okay, yeah. For one game, I could, that's, that shows you how fucking terrible that game was. Oh, okay. But I was like, no way he's averaging minus 83 for this that season. Was, that was the last game I was like, played that in. is the worst season in NBA history. I'm not sure how to pull up someone's plus minus for the season. Minus 83. That, is that was for the last rough. game. I thought that was for the season. I was like, holy shit, that's bad. Yeah, that's really fucking bad. That is... Is that even a stat you can look at? I think historically bad is an... I'll try to see if I can pull it up here. But, yeah, I mean, rather disappointing. I mean, at least he plays more than Zion, so there's He's that. He's not hurt, I guess. He's not hurt all the time. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what the Knicks give up in order to make that happen because, I mean... Kemba Walker has been a failed experiment to this point as well, but I don't want to spend too much time talking about the Knicks. They're not very relevant. There's not much to talk about. Um, as, of, as of now. We are pretty tight on time, so we'll just we'll just jump into the question of the day. We talked about some random NBA stuff. Here's what it is. All right, pick one player to start your team with right now in their current age, everything like that. Ooh. So their current age, I just yeah. pick a player. So you're not picking, you're not picking LeBron. He's too old. You'd get him for too short of a time. Mm. Um, I think I know who your pick is. I'm pretty sure I do. Um, might not be exactly who you think it is. 
This is tough. Who's yours? I'm curious. So I, I was torn. I really wanted to go Jaw because I love. I'm a That's big. What I thought you were going. To. I'm a big Jaw guy. The more I thought about it, the more I want to go with a Devin Booker, because mm-hmm. I've seen Devin Booker play at a high level in games that matter. Right in the playoffs, in the finals, I've seen Devin Booker be that guy. I've also seen Devin Booker put up ridiculous numbers, carry a team. He's a younger player. I don't know how dynamic he was. I was also tempted to go with Jason Tatum in this spot too. That would probably be my pick. Is he's young enough, and you haven't quite seen all that he's capable of yet? And I think the ceiling is insanely high for Tatum. I like Jason Tatum a lot. That would probably be my pick. Honestly, Jaw was the first name that came to my head. Yeah. Um, I think if I had a good coaching staff, I would be willing to go Luca, but. We've got to fix the hero ball issues. We we harp on Luca too much. I feel like for the hero ball we, stuff, we do. But again, it's something it's, that it's not unjustified. But it's just I think we talk about it too much. Fair enough. I I just I don't know. I I have issues with Luca. My my main issue with Luca is he doesn't spread the ball enough. And I know that's kind of off that hero ball. Well, that's that's what that falls to to me. Yeah, is he'd is, rather take the leaning double contested three three then make a pass which i've seen plenty of those in kobe's highlight film and it worked like i said when it works it works and jaws played well enough to this point like i think if memphis finishes a top four seed in the west this year i mean i it's tough that's insanely good out of the old guys i was tempted to say kevin durant or steph curry because i would argue steph curry is probably the best player in the nba right now with kevin durant right there like that's the 1a 1b yeah that's that's a really tough conversation to have i just don't know if kevin durant played more consistently i would pick him if i he gets hurt a lot if i'm the gm honestly and like i'm i'm in charge of roster decisions Mm -hmm. i'm picking Giannis. yeah that's a good one i would never have considered that see it's very weird but i know exactly what i need to put around that guy Mm. And it's gonna be the same damn thing. <laughs> I'm building the Milwaukee Bucks back. I here's my Brook Lopez will be the second overall pick of that draft. I'll tell you that. My my biggest qualm that I have with like I wish Jaw was he's I would say, I don't know. Jaw as a defender is the only thing that slightly concerns me. Cause the thing I will say about Giannis is you when your superstar plays great defense and you can build strong defense around him, like the Bucks did last year. It makes that team such a threat that it's crazy. You know what I mean? And to be fair, Giannis is a freak and can quite literally guard anyone in the league for the most part. Yeah. He's probably like the best defender when it comes to matching up against KD. For switching to any screen. Yeah, switching on screens and guarding KD, it would be tough to to take anyone but Giannis in that scenario. Yeah, I just I feel like... You'd be able. I could put a team around him. You mm-hmm. know? That's an Whereas interesting if, one. If I was just kind of away from, I'm the owner and I'm out of the situation. I would take a guy that I feel like is more well rounded that could do more, like a Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, where he can he can play defense, he can play make, he can shoot the ball, he yeah. can create his own shot, he could be a set shooter. Whereas if Giannis, if I'm making the team, I know that I can go get the guy, the three and D guys to put around him. I can go right. get Robert Covington and all those guys. Yeah, that's corner, true. So. Is that going to be it? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's all I got. Unless there's a, something else that's dying for you. That is a wrap. 
I believe. All right. Cut a couple things, skipped over a couple things, talked about a lot. We did. I liked it. Had a lot of fun. As always, episode 14? Yes, 14. Yes, I'm a genius. Episode 14 in the books, episode 15 to come. Do we have an episode next week? That is the question. I can never keep my calendar straight. We will not have an episode next week. It is the New Year's the New Year's Day week. Oh, so we're Video's taking a break. taking the dead week. Trust me, I want to put out an episode, but Head Honcho says we're not doing an episode. We're not doing an episode. So we're going to take a break next week. When we come back, obviously rounding up, trying to catch up from everything. The, all the division races are going to be a lot tighter coming down the stretch. We'll have college football playoffs for you as well. The NBA will start to round out, heading towards all-star break within the month. So a lot to talk about and a lot of exciting sports to come. So with that in mind, have a happy, have a, have a Merry Christmas, have a Happy New Year, and we will see you guys on Episode 15.